1: Welcome to a brand new MMA Roasted Podcast, it's me, Adam Hunter, I am here with Jake Ellenberger and T-Rex, <laughs> uh, I just got back from Vegas, uh, I had a great time in Vegas, uh, I did shows, I actually trained, I went to wrestling with, Where'd you uh, go? I went to uh, Drysdale's, Nice. And oh, nice. I, I wrestled with Tyson Griffin, and uh, I saw John Alessio, those guys were super nice, and uh, this girl Karina, uh, this pretty cute fighter girl, uh, and... Uh, I, 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 didn't, I didn't gas too hard I, I, I gas, don't get me wrong I'm not in g- great shape But uh, I, this was a lot of fun That's and, a great uh,
2: gym, man Good energy And Robert, man Amazing coach
1: yeah, super nice
2: guy. Everyone there is really cool. Really
1: yeah, cool. everyone there was really cool, and then uh, Baroni came to my show with his wife. Uh, his wife is adorable. Like, <laughs> she's this little like uh, brunette, great body, and she's this little thing. And then there's Phil next to her. It's almost like a a, a New York Italian couple. You know, it was uh, adorable. And then I had uh, the girl I was with. The uh, right, the forty two year old, the forty two year old. Uh, yeah, how's it going? Uh, It didn't go too well, actually. Oh, no. Uh, Uh Yeah. Uh, Well, what happened was it started off good. It was sort of like, um, uh, yeah, it started off really well, and then... uh, She
0: died of old age. She
1: died... (laughs) Thank you, DJ. I I appreciate that. It's very... That that, that was DJ Schroep, by the way, our uh, producer. Uh, No. She did not die of old age, okay? <laughs> she died of old age. She died of a broken heart. No, she, what happened was, I, you know what it was? You know, she told me that after all, the whole week, I'm like taking her out and we're having a good time and this and that. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Jake. Jake just held his phone up to the thing. Wow. This is going to be a morning show. The budget on this is great. That's how great our sound effects are. You have to hold your phone up to the microphone. So. She told me we were incompatible, right? After, uh, and then she told me that after I paid the bill for the four days. Well, can you tell me that before? So we could uh, of eat, at the, not. eat at the employee dining office and I got it for free? <laughs> right. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. She she drank a lot. Uh, and that's the thing. It's, when girls drink a lot, I just can't. I, my, my my ex had an alcohol issue and I don't know. She was cool. It was fun. We had, we had sex. I mean, we just, just. Maybe didn't. that's why
3: she drank a lot, because she knew she was going to have sex with you. She needed to get drunk to.
1: <laughs> Thank you. you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm just, that's basically my, my comeback here. No, no. First of all, we had sex when she was sober. Okay, okay. And when she drank, we didn't have sex. That was that was okay. that was one of the issues. And then and then I and then I don't know. I, I, met, I met some other girl. We'll see. You know, we'll see how it goes.
3: Nice, you know. but shows you, never, good, you never seem like you're struggling for women that like you.
1: Uh, well, depends. You know, comedy, you definitely have an advantage as a comic, because you make the girls laugh, you have their attention, and you can say certain things. It's hard, though, because, you know, it's hard to maintain a relationship, because I'm always on the road, I, I'm, I'm never home, you know, it's, I, I work at night, so, I, I, you know, it's always hard. But mm-hmm. the shows were great, yes. Mm-hmm. To answer your question, Jake, the shows were awesome. Uh, Useless Gomez came to the show. Oh, nice. Uh, that, that was great seeing him. Eddie Yegan, uh, Gil Martinez... Uh, by oh, the way, awesome. Baroni told me he's now living with War Machine. They're they're oh, now that, no. that's their mm. new roommate. So that if that isn't a reality well, yeah, show, I mean, what, what could go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what could go wrong? <laughs> what could go right? You know, so that's yeah. be the name of the show. What could go wrong? Yes, what could go wrong? And it was weird because like, uh,
2: can you I'm, just imagine okay. like Phil being like, "Does this sound like a good idea?" Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah like,
1: <laughs> do that, do that. I do have a funny story though. So in the hotel. Uh, I don't know. This is kind of. funny. kind of. Funny. And the hotel they charge you like fifteen bucks for por- for internet. So, and so I, I wanted to <laughs> watch. Slip your head. Well, no, oh, I yeah. wanted to watch porn. You know. Oh, yeah. So, but I don't want to pay fifteen dollars and I want to watch porn. You know. So I, I ended up holding my my cell phone while you know taking <laughs> care of myself, which which is pretty sad that you have to like. And then, so I'm, I'm watching, like, MILF porn, you know, on the thing. And, of course, my stepmom calls, right right when I'm watching it. So, oh. I, so I, I have to ignore, press ignore. But you saw
2: her name, though. Yeah, I saw her name. And, uh, it, and her
1: face pops up. Yeah, and her face. And,
2: yeah, and her face
1: oh, oh, no. Yeah, so her face pops up while I'm trying to take care of myself. And it just ruined the whole moment, you know. It was just So I don't know. I, I figured you guys would enjoy that story. Uh, T-Rex, how was your week?
3: Oh, it was cool, man. Um, did a show at the Ha Ha Cafe that was a lot of fun, um, and then, uh, just partied a little bit and, and hung out with the family the rest of the time. It's still always the same.
1: Nice. Always
2: Jake?
3: The
1: same.
2: Man, it was a busy week last week. Uh, we were filming for the Countdown show, uh, for UFC 172 Thursday, Friday. I mean, I was so tired by Friday night camera, I, I fell asleep at like, seven.
1: Is it one of those things where they're there for seven hours to shoot, like, a five-minute set thing? They have the lighting and this and that. Yeah, oh, yeah,
2: yeah, Like, like, for example, like, they they went to my physical therapy office where i was doing the therapy for my hamstring and they're like oh what time do you usually go they're like 8 30 you know they show up at like six and people are like you know, you know like aren't they gonna come at like 8 30 when you're you know, like yeah you know they're gonna set up but it's we yeah, have one of those where they, they follow you for the whole day but you know it's one of those things you just got to do but they're they were cool they're they're easy to work with so it wasn't bad you should have got us some love and had them follow you here i know what well, they're coming back are they nice. coming nice back, so and
1: how's that, how's the training going
2: it's going well, really well. So I mean, th- this weekend I took the weekend off, just relaxed. My body needed it, and uh, no dirt bike racing. Nope, nope. Just watched watched the Supercross <laughs> on Saturday night, but uh, it was it was chill.
1: And then chick wise, any any any? Because everyone wants Wait, to You know. got some tail this weekend, right? Yeah, I heard you got tail this weekend. That's what everyone <laughs> says. Is that what you heard? That's what I heard. It's the word on the streets. The word on the street is Jake, uh, Absent Ellenberger uh, <laughs> got some got some play. All right. Thanks, Jake. Thanks, thank you very much. That's not awkward at all. Either. I drink the fifth. Yes, but uh, so Jake the fifth. I Jake the fifth. I like that. Nice. So anyway, all right. Like your your walkout music should be "I Touch Myself." Honestly, that should be like the.
2: <laughs> what are you gonna come out to by the way? Your your next song. I actually I haven't decided yet. I can't get no That's satisfaction. A, <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I haven't really actually put much thought into that though. But uh, you gotta, yeah, I, I got a lot to choose from, so. Um is it gonna be country? Is it gonna be rock and roll? No, no, it won't be country. Rap? You know, I kinda know what it yeah, maybe. You know, just something to kinda like get your mind off of. Just being so serious, you know, keep it keep it relaxed, keep it easy. So.
1: My friend Peter Kalchevik, he uh I used to take his like his uh his boxing class at Crunch. And uh he was like he was like actually a great Muay Thai guy. He was like hundred and ten and twenty in Muay Thai, he never could make the transition. He was like Jeez. one and eleven in MMA or something. Mm-hmm. And boxing was never good. One but and I, eleven. Something it was really <laughs> it was yeah, it really was like one and eleven. So but he came out to Do You Really Wanna Hurt Me? I thought that was kind of funny. That's like that funny. was that was kind of a funny <laughs> kind, of, kind of song. So, all right. Uh now the a lot of stuff we have to go over the Macau card did you
2: guys watch it I caught the highlights caught the, and you I did not
1: what the hell kind of show is this the <laughs> MMA show You okay. like at 2 in the morning yeah, yeah 2 it, in the morning I was up it I started out first of all it was at 5 o'clock in the morning you were babysitting
3: only- a drunk octogenarian <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's the only time the
2: wizard I, <laughs> The
1: wizard sleeve. It was the only time that I'll <laughs> stay up until seven in the morning to watch a dong. Just so you know, but I wanted to see how. Dong, yeah, at least some dong was getting action. But um, yeah. So okay. How well, was, how was the dong? The dong actually looked great. Um, the the dong beat mm-hmm. Hathaway and came out like with knockout, a. knockout, right? Oh my god! I saw the finish. It, it was yeah. a spinning elbow, a spinning back elbow, mm-hmm. and uh, looked amazing. The card was actually great. It was that uh, Mick, uh, Matt Mitrione won, mm-hmm. and uh, he, he, yeah, he he looked great. <laughs> with, well, he won with one second left, uh, and then he his like speech talked about like his, his one of his training partners' his whole family died <clears throat> in, a, in a fire. What? Oh, yeah, geez. just just awful awful thing. And uh, Mitrione, oh you know, told everyone to donate and this and that. And you know, it seems like a real sweet guy, Matt Mitrione. So. A great guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know who looked great was Vaughn Lee. Vaughn Lee beat my buddy Nam Phan, which uh, Nam Phan, I think, uh, might be on the verge of getting cut, which which sucks. Yikes. Because mm. I think he's like 2-7 and seven in his last nine fights or something in the UFC. It's not, not great, but he's always in exciting fights. He's always tough. Uh, and then the, the guys who won the Ultimate Fighter, it was two guys. It wasn't a great fight, um, but, it, you know. It was the a, finale
2: wasn't great It wasn't, wasn't, a, great wasn't
1: a great finale, and it was two guys. I had no idea who they were because mm. I didn't watch Ultimate Fighter China. But it wasn't a bad <laughs> fight. And then uh, Hioki beat uh, Ivan Menjivar. So that's what happened. Uh, it was pretty... It was a pretty I, I enjoyed the card. It is, it is hard to watch at 7, 8 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. You know, that's... The, the, you know, I, I wrote a joke. The best part about it is that everyone's going to look on their Twitter feed the first thing and be like, wow, what an imp- impressive dong. You know, so that, I thought that was... <laughs> I was happy about that. And then someone... So we'll go on. Sorry.
2: No, I was going to say, how do you think uh, dong's going to do, like, against the, the, the upper echelon in the division?
1: Uh, I don't know. I think... You know Hathaway looked great against um, Diego Sanchez. He was the guy that beat Diego Sanchez, correct? Didn't Hathaway beat Diego? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And you know I think he was like I think his record's really impressive. But sometimes when you you know i do not saying he's say been he out was, for a little while too though. He's been out for a little while. Mm. Uh, and you know the Dong I thought looked terrible <laughs> against Eric Silva. Uh, Eric, I think he just kind of got lucky with that with that uppercut I think he knocked out Silva with, or you know he was losing. He was getting dominated by Eric Silva and. So I don't know, but he, it looks like he made some a lot of improvements. He mm-hmm. definitely had the hometown advantage. I mean, even though the Dong is uh, Korean and, and it was in China, they, they still you know were going crazy. Yeah,
2: same thing, right, Adam?
1: No, not the same thing. I'm just saying that the, the crowd was definitely... Well, you know, they're all
3: Chinese. Out. They just put them in different places.
1: <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that Andrew, Andrew Dice T-Rex. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. So that was that. Uh, Bellator uh, was the night before. Did you guys watch that? As a matter of fact, I did not. Thank you. This is a great MMA podcast <laughs> where the, the host doesn't. Uh, so anyway, King Mo and Rampage are now in the finals, which we kind of knew what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. We figured that was going to happen. Rampage won by knockout, and then uh, and then stood over the guy and's like, "You got knocked out." Um, which you know, it's Rampage. It's just that's just what he that's what he does. Right. Uh, but course. King Mo won a decision that was uh, you know kind of boring, boring mm-hmm. three round decision. Uh, but I also think that King Mo needed a win and mm. so, and it looked like he almost mm. even got hurt in the beginning, uh, but they had a, a fake scuffle at the end. It wasn't... It was allegedly real. It was like real. a WWE scuffle? All of a sudden, sure. after after Rampage wins, King Mo just ends up in the cage somehow. oh yeah, weird. And then, uh, <laughs> was and Dixie then it, Carter there by any chance? Dixie Carter... No, but uh, Big John was breaking it up, but it looked like Rampage knew it was fake, but King Mo didn't, because he was really cursing, and you could sort of see the cursing on... And some people say it was real. I don't know if it was real or fake. Uh, it seemed about as real as you Know Belfort's testosterone, but um, <laughs> it is what it I, that's is. That's gonna
2: be. I mean, I'm excited about that fight. You know, I, I, I they, they've had beef in the past too. You yeah. know, and I remember when Mo would call him Bumpage, Page, and you know, they used to get into it. So I think that you know, th- th- that's Bumpage. gonna be an exciting one. To you know, Rampage is getting a little bit older. Mo's, you know, it, it should be a good fight.
1: I think Mo wins this fight. Uh, based on the fights, if you if you I mean, definitely Rampage looked more impressive in the, the fight against King Mo, uh, but I think King Mo wins this fight, and I I think also sometimes guys need
4: mm-hmm.
1: to win but win ugly. Like when you're fighting against Jay Haran, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't think that was your most impressive performance. Yeah. But it was after you had lost to Campman, mm-hmm. and uh, you've been stopped by Campman, and you kind sort of needed to get a win, correct?
2: Yeah, no, and it's really even for that. You know that specific that fight specifically. You know, a lot of people don't know who Jay Haran is. And it's like, well, I know who he is. You know, the true MMA fans know who he is, and it, he's a dangerous guy. So, you know, there, there is a point where there's, you know, the risk versus reward. And, you and Haran be- beat you the first time? Yeah, my he was my first loss. I was 13-0, and and he beat me in the wow. IFL. And, uh, you know, but I know he he's a whole different fighter now, and, and so am I. But, you know, you got to— You got to do what it takes to win.
1: That's what I think, and that's the problem with MMA is like there's no real tune-up fights. I mean, I love like like you know sometimes they they show you little wolves. Yeah, sometimes that they yeah they kind of do. I mean, there are guys sometimes, but so that's uh, that's Bellator, and you know what? People were criticizing the whole wrestling element of it, saying this is like so fake, and this is TNA wrestling, and this and that. But you know what? So it was entertaining to me. Look, I, I don't mind seeing a scuffle at the end. <laughs> Honestly, it was entertaining. It was entertaining what, what going on Twitter and seeing everyone get angry about it. And it's like, so what? They got to build it up somehow. And uh, so that's, that's what happened. Um, Matt Riddle won his fight in um, Titan, I think it was Titan FC. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Riddle won. Uh, and, uh, Against a bong. Against a bong. He, afterwards, he called out his drug dealer. But so, yeah, Matt Riddle won. And uh, George Grigel got destroyed by Mike Ricci. That oh, was no, I really? didn't
0: see that one. That
1: was, that was rough oh, to no. watch. Because, um, you know, Grigel was, was I, you know, a friend of the show. Yeah,
3: Grigel's a great
1: guy. I like Grigel. Hilarious. Yeah. Um, he said he was going to, you know, d- destroy Mike Ricci. He went out there. He went in for a double. Ricci took him down and landed some elbows. And if you look at the picture of Grigel... It's like you talk about a wizard sleeve. I mean, it is. It looks like the biggest vagina I have ever seen on his face. The
2: forehead vagina. Yeah,
1: uh, <laughs> Did, see if you could bring it up, DJ. But wow, is that a real term? Um, yeah, forehead vagina. <laughs> yeah, I mean, War Machine tried to bang it. That, that's how bad. <laughs> oh no, my god! So it, it was.
2: It was. It was rough. Did he go three rounds?
1: No, it went one round, one round, and uh, you know, referee stoppage. Was
2: it doctor stoppage or the ref stopped it?
1: I think the ref stopped it, but afterwards it was like, whoa, vicious elbows. Mm. Best mm. Ricci's looked, you know, uh, <laughs> <Mike> Ricci. <laughs> the worst Grizzell's look. Yeah, it was, it was sort of the worst of Grigel's look, and you kind of have to wonder, like, man, you know, you don't want to see a guy take take beatings like this, and, and yeah. you know, George Grizzell is. Is is a great fighter. Is a great jiu-jitsu guy. You know, he he's made. He's a top. He he has made it to the top.
2: And, and a fantastic coach too.
1: Fantastic coach. Mm-hmm. And you know, I mean, when I say made it to the top, I think you know, I think Grigel was in the UFC, correct? Yeah, for quite yeah, a while. Quite, yeah, quite a while in the mm-hmm. UFC. And uh, you know, he was he was in force. When I say made it, made it to the top, I mean make it to the top at that level. Anybody mm-hmm. who makes it to the UFC to me is like. Beyond success, making it to Titan FC is a success. Making mm. it to Legacy, making it to making it to the King of the Cage is a success. You know, so, yeah. I
2: mean, I have I have so much respect. You know, I think today the UFC today is so much different than it was six years ago. You know what I mean? It's like the level of competition. It's like it, it, that's why you see you know people make the UFC. It's like it's it's way different than it was ten years ago. Even even five years ago. You know, so like I grew up when Matt Hughes was a champ, and he was like, oh, that's yeah. Matt Hughes. You know what I mean? And so now it's like. Everybody is good, a good wrestler. Everyone's good everywhere.
1: Yeah, that's... uh, Right. And and back in the day, every, you know... Yeah, if you look, that's Grisdell's eye. uh, We just showed a picture. DJ just showed a picture of it. But, you know, now you got every... Almost every four-time, you know, uh, college All-American is going into the UFC. uh, All-American wrestler. You got all these great guys. Mm -hmm. Which, by the way, Steve Mako lost over the weekend in the World Series of Fighting Canada. Which... I hung out with Mako one night. Uh, Steve Mako, if you don't know, was a two-time national champion, a four-time prep school national champion in high school, wrestled for Iowa, then wrestled for Oklahoma State. Olympian. Olympian heavyweight. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I heard it was a bullshit decision I had not seen. But even if, I heard, I heard, I heard he, he really won, but he didn't get it, but it was close. But it just shows the high level of mixed martial arts where Steve Mako lost in the World Series of Fighting Canada. Mm-hmm. A- and Steve Mako, I mean that in wrestling circles, you say Steve Mako. Oh it's, yeah, uh, people don't realize how high level that uh, a guy like Steve Mako is.
2: Mm, he, he's, he's super, like super mean too. If you if you ever watch him wrestle, like you know national champion and a few time world team member, Olympian, like the guy is a mean dude. Like I used to hear stories. One of my buddies wrestled at Iowa, and when he was at Iowa, and they he, he would tell me some of the the craziest stories of this guy. Like he would. You know, getting fights out at the bar and just like
1: I got a funny Steve Mako story. So I I did a college at Oklahoma State University and I basically got like banned from the I don't know. <laughs> I, I did like a sorority house which went great and then I and then. <laughs> And then I went to like, it was like casino night or something and no one was listening and I'm on like a chair doing comedy <laughs> and I'm telling everyone how, you know, they're not going to get laid because they're playing casino night. So that night I, I go out and I'm kind of depressed. I go to a bar by myself and I see these guys with like huge cauliflower ears and I'm like, oh, yeah, I think I... and then it's, it's Zach Esposito and Steve Mako and all these guys and that's when I when I saw Johnny Hendricks and all these guys were there from Oklahoma State Wrestling Team and I'm like, hey, blah, blah. And then I'm telling them about comedy and they're like, oh shit. So, they take me back to, they're living in a trailer. Steve Mako's living in a trailer, and they take me out that night to go get drunk with them. and I'm hanging out with all the wrestlers, and I see Johnny Hendricks with his shirt off, running around, and... <laughs> Zach, Zach Espino loved Jim Norton. He was a big Opie and Anthony fan, and I had Jim Norton's number in my, in my phone. He's like, I love Jim Norton, and I called Jim Norton. I'm like, hey, I got a fan here, and Jim was super nice, blah, blah, blah. And so, anyway, the, the, Steve Mako, I remember watching on ESPN... The, this whole thing about they followed the, the Iowa wrestling team and Steve Mako was on the wrestling team and his father went to jail for like embezzlement it seemed like it was like, a, like some kind of connected guy
2: racketeering
1: so racketeering <laughs> and then right and it talks Fencing. about it talks about his dad getting out of jail and one of those things so then I didn't know that Mako transferred to Oklahoma State because so I, I, I'm hanging out with Mako and Zach Capito and all these guys I'm like hey whatever happened to that guy that Iowa who's, that heavyweight whose father went to jail and Mako was like that's me <laughs> that's me <laughs> And they all started dying laughing. I'm like, "Oh shit, man! I'm I'm sorry. I I I, I didn't know you transferred here. You know, I didn't think you didn't talk shit about it. Like, no, I was just what happened to that loser? that used to go to Iowa State. And his dad went to jail. No, no, I was actually curious, but that right. was actually him. So that's a funny, weird note. So anyway, we have a great show today. We have Rowdy Beck Rawlings. So uh, I'm I'm stoked to talk to her. We also have TJ Dillashaw, who's on uh, quite J. a tear. Yeah, yeah. We have UFC. Former UFC heavyweight champion, uh, legend, Kevin Randleman. The monster. The monster is going to be on the show. <laughs> and current UFC ch- uh, fighter, heavyweight, badass, soa the Hulk. Pileli. Is going to join us, and I cannot wait. All right, so our first guest I am thrilled to have on. She is just a little badass, adorable Slash hot Slash exciting Fighter uh, Tatted up Just a uh, Just a uh, She's on the new season Ultimate Fighter I can't wait to watch her She was actually voted 2012 WMMA uh, Most Liked Fighter Out there I think I'm, I'm getting the whole award wrong But But she's She's a badass little chick And I cannot wait to talk to her Rowdy Beck Hyatt How are you?
5: Hey, I'm good, thank
1: you. Uh, thanks, for, thanks for coming on the show. Um, I've been a fan for a while. Uh, I actually, you know, I, I, I know Carla Esparza and I um, personally, I'm, I'm friends with Carla and I became a fan of yours ever since the, the, uh, the uh, Carla fight and um, you're just like this little fire plug. How, how's everything going? How's your life changing? Talk to me.
5: That was a good fight. <laughs> I was going to say, you came, became a fan after I punched your friend in the face. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, everything's going really good. You know, I'm just getting ready for the ultimate fighter. Um, everything just seems to be falling into place.
1: Yeah, I mean, you, uh, You. Uh, by the way, you're also on with uh, T-Rex and Jake Allen. How are you? And, uh,
5: hey, I'm good. And DJ
1: nice. Shrobe. Uh Now, now I, I watched your uh, highlight film. You got, you have really good stand-up. Uh, let's 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 get uh, start from the the uh, beginning. You were born in Tasmania, correct? Yes. Which is the smallest city in Australia? Is that is that, is that right?
5: Uh yeah. Some people even like try to say it's not even Australia. <laughs> <laughs> Now I mean
1: it's funny cuz you look like a little Tasmanian devil. So it's funny that you're actually from <laughs> Tasmania. I'm sure you've heard yeah. that before. Um and then you you played basketball as a kid. I, I was reading about you. You you said you you gained a lot of weight when you were younger. you were kind of a a fat teenager or something? Are you very insecure because of that?
5: Uh yeah, I once I got really sick when I was younger and um I couldn't play basketball anymore and I just pretty much just fell into the wrong crowd and just started drinking and partying and eating McDonald's every day. And it just, you know, caught up with me eventually. And I was very overweight. I think how? Sounds over- like
1: my life. Yeah, that sounds like T-Rex of Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs>
5: I mean, how, how, uh, how overweight were you? Um, oh, wow. In kilos, like the last time I weighed myself, I was about 70 kilos. Which is how so many pounds? About um,
3: 150 pounds, somewhere in there.
5: Yeah, somewhere about there.
1: And you're like five two or five three, right? You're kind of small.
5: I uh, know I'm five six.
1: you're five. So you're five six one fifty. So you're, you're like Jake Allenberger,
2: basically. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. Uh, so you're,
1: you're- Yeah,
5: but I'm. I'm very. I was very fat, like round and chubby. Like there was nothing. There was no muscle mass or anything. I was just a big. I to call myself a, a baby elephant. <laughs> oh
1: my god. Oh. Yeah, uh, so, so you're this little baby elephant and, and you're, and you're, you're roaming around Tasmania. So when does, uh, when, when, when does it occur to you? I got to start fighting. I started, got to start training. How, how, how old were you?
5: Oh, uh, I was 21.
1: Wow. So you, um, you walked yeah, into a class. I
5: just, yeah. I found a class that was doing kickboxing, like cardio kickboxing, and I just tried it out and then I figured out I was pretty good at punching people. Hmm. <laughs>
1: No, you have very good. You're, you're, uh, you have, I was watching some of your highlight films. You have, uh, uh, you have some power. Uh, you know, I've, what's that called when, you, like, you don't think someone has power, but they have, uh, they have unconventional power? What's that word? I don't know. You have, like, surprising power, basically. Like, you, I mean, you definitely. <laughs> yeah,
5: for a straw weight, I guess, because I'm so little. People don't expect me to hit so hard.
1: Yeah, you pack a wallop. Uh, you definitely, you definitely do. Um, but now, was having no wrestling and no jujitsu, do you think that really hurt you? starting out
5: uh yeah like I guess striking is my strength or was my strength uh because I couldn't grapple or wrestle for a bit because uh, I actually fell pregnant with my youngest son as I like started training MMA so I really just focused on striking while I could um but yeah I guess it's that was my weakness and it, and it shows once I got to you know Invicta and and fought that my wrestling just wasn't up to scratch, so which i have been working on now. Oh nice. <laughs> you know you learn you learn more from your losses, so yeah, I've definitely been working on the wrestling, and I feel like my BJJ kept me safe in that fight, though. It was just my wrestling that lost it.
1: No, I don't know. I mean, look, I've I started wrestling when I was ten, and that's a late start. Jake started in college, which is. Insane, But, you know, most guys start wrestling when they're five years old. Mm-hmm. I mean, seven years old. So for a girl to come 21 years old just joining a, a kickboxing class and now is in the UFC uh, with no amateur wrestling experience says, says a lot about you, Carla. Dreams do I mean, I mean, you, Carla. Come true. I mean, uh,
2: uh, Rowdy Beck. Um, you, yeah, you, you, you really uh, – shows that determination too, you know, because a lot of the – you trial by error, you know, you have some failures, but uh, it really shows that determination.
1: Yeah, it says a lot about you. And and now your first fight I watched, you got knocked. I mean, you got knocked out hard. I was waiting for the I guy got from
5: knocked the fuck out. Yeah, you got.
1: <laughs> I, I was waiting for the guy from Friday, Chris Tucker, to come out.
5: Damn! <laughs>
1: Holy shit! You
5: got knocked the f- out.
1: Oh my god! Now I mean, after that happens, are are you considering like, all right, you know what? This maybe maybe this is not for me.
5: Oh, hell no. Uh, a lot of people, you know, said, oh, you'll never come back from that. That was horrible, you know. A girl will never come back from a knockout like that. And I pretty much just stuck up my middle fingers. I'm like, watch me. Watch me come back. And I came back nice. and won, I think, five fights in a row. You know, it just kind of made me more determined. I like proving people wrong.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, holy shit. I watched that and I was like, I mean, you're, I don't know if you guys want to, like, her, 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 her like, body went stiff. It was, it was crazy.
3: <laughs> you got mannequined
1: now the worst, and one of the worst part was that your husband at the time who, who was who was choking you out, beating you up, spitting on you, he was he was your trainer, and he walked right past you and congratulated your opponent
5: yeah uh, <laughs> um, oh, obviously dear. I didn't know because I was unconscious at the time, but once I watched the footage and you know I had my brother that was in the stand and um, he'd heard you know I, we I kept it a secret not very many people knew that it was going on but he'd heard the rumors and when he saw that he wanted to you know jump the cage and just start beating the life out of him uh but yeah I didn't didn't know until I'd watched the footage and and people had told me so it kind of just shows what kind of person he is really I don't really have to explain anything more if you just watch that footage it kind of shows it.
1: No, I couldn't believe it. I was like, uh, "That was unbelievable," uh, and I, I really felt bad for you. I felt bad that you were in that situation because uh, you seemed like such a such a, a, a warm and hot little girl. Uh, besides being hot, you seem very, very, very sweet yeah. and cool. Uh, yeah but uh you are very but but you definitely are kind of an, an intimidating girl like if i saw you on the street or i but first of all i would i would assume that you wouldn't go for a guy like me being that i don't have piercings or tattoos or i'm not i'm not ripped do you do you're you funny all, <laughs> you're funny i I'm, I'm i am funny but that that would it would no are you a kind of girl that goes for that like bad boy r- fighter rocker kind of guy uh i'm dating a fighter at the moment
5: but he doesn't have any any tattoos, piercings, or anything? So no, that's not really my style. I don't really like the rocker style. A uh, lots of people think I'm like into punk and stuff, punk rock, and I'm not. You're not. <laughs> it kind of confuses me.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, this, I think it's because of the tattoo on the neck uh, that would sort of uh, give it away. What kind? Now, this fighter guy. Now he's 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 good to you, right? He's 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 not putting his hands on you. He's, he's treating you right.
5: Oh yeah, absolutely.
1: Good, 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 good. Yeah, no, that really, I was like, holy shit. Now, after, no, by the way, has that guy contacted you since you uh, came out and talked about all this?
5: Oh, daily emails. Like, I changed my email, and he'll still get it somehow and just, you know, bombard me with all his rants. <laughs> it's it's quite emotionally draining still.
3: That, why hasn't anybody taken uh, taken action against this dude, like, to shut him up? Some legal action? Or, or physical. <laughs> <laughs>
5: Yeah, physical would be nice. Um, I have a de- like a domestic violence order in place, but um, in order to get like a restraining order in Australia, they have to know where you live to be able to keep them away from you. So... I'm kind of. I don't feel right giving him my address and be like, "Hey, you know, (laughs) come check me out. Come kill me, (laughs) you know." So I I gotta say, um, this is
1: this is this is a hard interview because normally when we have girls on the show, I ask them if they're crazy in bed or what kind of what kind of guys they like. (laughs) But I I I don't want to like. you know, I, I, like, feel bad about everything that's happened, so I, I'm I'm just... But if you want to volunteer any information about how crazy you are in bed... <laughs> Put the ball
3: in your court. Yeah, yeah, just feel, free. just feel free
1: that I would totally be open to hearing anything about your crazy sexual escapades. But he's just not like, going to ask you. Like. I'm not going to ask you, but feel free You're to... You're
5: not going to ask me. <laughs> yes,
1: but feel free to let us know anything that, that you would think would... What we would want to hear.
5: <laughs> sure.
1: All right, so... Um, <laughs> yes. Now, are you excited to go on to Ultimate Fighter? Now, uh, do you have any, any, any beef with Felice or Carla or any of these girls?
5: Uh, no, No, actually, I like most of them. There's probably one. I wouldn't call it beef, but we don't really get along. I just don't really like her much.
1: Who's that? <laughs>
5: <laughs> That's Joanne Calderwood.
1: Oh, nice. Nice. I like the way that she
5: didn't yeah. even hold back. Like, oh, I'm going to save it for the show.
1: Now, why don't you like Joanne?
5: <laughs> oh, well, we were originally meant to fight um, before I took the fight with Carla. Um, and she made some little, you know, comments saying it was going to be an early night for Carla and just a few little things like that, pretty much just saying I'm a shit fighter. <laughs> um, and, yeah, and then her, I think it's her fiancé. I'm not really sure. James Doolan. it's her coach, fiance, I don't know what, um, gets on the UK forums all the time mouthing off about me. I think once he called me a dog or something.
1: <laughs> a, a dog?
5: Yeah, he called me a dog. It was like when my name was Hyatt, it was like, Beck Hyatt's a dog. I'm like, that's. That's
1: nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even an insult. I, I like you know, love dogs. It's like a British. <laughs> oh, is that a British term? Right? I love, I love like doggy, doggy style. Yes, <laughs> doggy styles. Exactly. Hey, dog style. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So Joanne. So what, what's going to happen when you see Joanne Calderwood? Are you, are you gonna mm. Are you gonna get in her face? Are you just gonna ignore her? What's your What's your strategy for this?
5: Uh, I'm a bit of a tormentor. I might just torment and see where that goes. Nice. Just poke poke the line a little bit. <laughs>
1: nice. What do you mean you're a bit of a tormentor? How do please? <laughs> elaborate on this
5: (laughs) i'm just a shit stirrer (laughs) especially if people don't like me i'll just you know (laughs) annoy people until they say something
1: (laughs) but like how i mean how you seem like such a how do you annoy these people
5: um i don't know i'm just a bit obnoxious just (laughs) loud and obnoxious really in people's faces and i'll just say stupid things like obviously dumb things and i know it's dumb and i'm just saying it just to annoy people
2: you should tell her when you when you guys get to the house that i wouldn't go to sleep if i were you <laughs>
0: <laughs> you share rooms or right? sleep
2: with one eye open
0: yeah yeah get a room with her <laughs> yeah be her bunk mate
2: well, I,
1: <laughs> I, could,
5: I could listen to her for six weeks i reckon that'll just get me on get on my nerves enough <laughs>
1: Isn't she ranked number one, like uh, one of the number one ranked girls? She's pretty high up there, right? She's n- she is high up.
5: Yeah, I think she's number four or three. I'm not really sure. She's
1: pretty high up, though. Yeah, she doesn't mean nothing. Rankings, Exactly. Thanks, Jake. I like that. <laughs> she's number four right now. Now, I remember, uh, I remember that when uh, I, I heard a rumor that when War Machine tried to pick you up, he sent you his porno. Uh, <laughs> what? Really? Is that true?
5: Yeah, he actually tweeted the link out like publicly. Like, hey, check me out. Have you seen my work? Oh my
1: god,
3: <laughs> was it impressive? Yeah, don't act I like you didn't watch it. Don't We're act like,
1: like you what didn't what watch it. it. Yeah. Oh, wait, it hold on. Let her, hold on. Let her answer. Wait, wait what, what? Was it impressive?
5: <laughs> I didn't watch it. It scared yeah, me. It
1: right? It big. scared you? No, I heard you did watch it. That's not true. I, I remember following you on Twitter, and you said you did watch it, and then you had you put smiley face.
5: No, I clicked on it. I clicked on it and then realized what it was, and then got out of it.
1: <laughs> oh, oh come on! God. Because I know he. I know there's another girl uh, that he uh, he picked up uh, named Rachel who told me that he said he he DM'd her his porn and said this could be you, and it actually worked for him. He actually ended up sleeping with her.
3: <laughs> really? Yeah.
1: Yes. Uh, wow. So I was wondering. Beck was so- like I didn't know he was Asian. <laughs>
2: I can say that I'm Asian.
1: <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. you're Chinese. Ellen part Chinese. So, okay, so you War Machine says, they, check out my porn, you click on it, you, you, as soon as he starts having sex, you're like, I'm not watching this anymore?
5: Yeah, pretty much. I think mm-hmm. my kids might have been in the room at the
1: time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Got you. Now, I think you're going to be the first girl in the UFC who has two kids. You're the first person. I know that uh, Sarah McMahon has had one kid, but you're the, you're the first Australian girl ever going to be in the UFC and the first girl with two kids that's pretty impressive
5: yeah hey I didn't even think of that I knew I was one of the first Australians but You're not um, <laughs> not with two kids that's pretty cool
1: it is pretty cool you have two kids and then became a fighter after having two kids that's uh that's uh now um Beck do you surf
5: no, I, I don't know how to surf. I suck at it. <laughs> I tried when I was younger, and I just failed. Epically. Because every
2: Australian can surf, right? Well, Jane? no, I'm just... <laughs> my, you know, Sonny, I was asking him where is his favorite place to surf Australia, so... Yeah, they all have boomerangs. He's also, surf, not yeah. and, <laughs> it's yeah. also not allowed to
1: like go there. He's also not allowed They like shrimp on the barbie. Barbie, yeah, and you know, they drink, they drink uh, Foster's. Come yeah. so, on, on,
5: on. Did you just say Can't. shrimp on the barbie?
1: <laughs> I didn't. It was our uh, DJ, DJ Breathe-A-Lot. He, um,
5: <laughs>
1: <laughs> he did. So, all right, so you're dating a fighter now. How, how long has it been with you and this fighter? Uh, oh.
5: I don't know. Um, about six months, I think.
1: Is it serious? Yeah. I mean, what do, what do you think?
5: Um, yeah, like it's not like too serious. Like we're not talking about marriage or anything. But yeah, it's going really well. Like he's like my best friend, so we just like that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it seems like you're more of a, uh, a girl that you that you would uh, have become a friend with. Like you're not. You don't seem like a one night stand type chick. Is that is that a fair assessment?
5: yeah that's a fair assessment. <laughs> I'm kind of like it like when I'm around guys, I'm kind of just like another guy. <laughs> yeah I'm not that annoying little nagging girl. They don't even know that I'm there, if you know what I mean
1: right, so you're not high maintenance, you're very down no. to earth and and but that is, maybe that's why you have so many boyfriends. Like guys are just waiting to snatch you up, and you know you're not uh you know i don't know <laughs> available for me. <laughs> To, uh, would you ever date a comic if, say, like say this doesn't work out with you and this this guy, and uh, you know you see this comedian who makes you laugh, but you know, would you ever date a guy that you can beat up?
5: <laughs> Is this guy you? I'm not. I'm just
1: hypothetically <laughs> hypothetically speaking. Because a lot of no, a lot of the female fighters on our show have said they would never date a guy that they couldn't kick their ass. They're, they say they. Yeah,
5: I, I heard Felice say that. I, I listened to your last podcast. Um. It's never really crossed my mind. I, I don't think it would faze me either way. As long as they're nice and they treat me well, I wouldn't, it wouldn't bother me.
1: <laughs> it's funny. Well, yeah, that's good. Well, it's funny because this girl actually, I went to wrestling over the weekend with uh, Tyson Griffin, and then this girl always asked me to go. And I was like going with her, and I'm you know I'm bigger than I was. I wrestled, and then afterwards she like liked me. I could, she's like she'd never hit on me before, and then afterwards she's like, "What are you doing later? You want to hook up?" But I'm like, I'm like, Man, wow! It took me wrestling with you to like get you to let me. I'm not sure that was the thing, but it's just <laughs> maybe that's just like a, a caveman type with female fighters, five pointer
2: lock or something. Yeah,
1: headlock, right? Now do you? I mean, <laughs> but then there are other girls that never date guys at the gym. They have a rule; they're not. Gonna date a guy at the gym. Uh, Jake Ellenberger is one of these, right? You say you don't date girls at the gym. I will not. But but it seems like your last two boyfriends have been from the gym. Now uh, how? You're not talking my about my last Jake two boyfriends? Right no, no. Talk, okay. I'm talking talk, talk about Rowdy oh, okay. Beck. Okay. No, Rowdy
2: Becks, Rowdy Beck's last two boyfriends have been from the gym, correct? They weren't, yeah, my boyfriends weren't at the gym either. They were twenty four. So yes. we're good. No, no, yeah. no.
1: Okay, all right, forget this. All right, so Rowdy Beck. I'm joking. I'm joking. Rowdy Beck. So Jake hasn't been laid in over a year. According to Jake, uh he, he
2: I didn't say that.
1: Okay, we've been coming and doing this show for four months in a row. Mm-hmm. Every 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 time Jake has not Do you have any advice on how to get Jake laid, Rowdy Beck?
5: Lower your standards, Jake. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Lower my standards, okay? (laughs) You think his standards are like too
1: high? Is that what it is?
5: Um, I don't know. (laughs) What what type of girl do you go after? Mm. Or do they have to come after you?
2: No, no. Uh, hmm. Athletic. They have to work out. That's that's a must. Um, very deep. Yeah, I don't really. Yeah, I know. I don't really have, like, a set type of girl, I guess. I don't know.
1: This is a, a, a riveting conversation yeah, right here. This, I know. This, this is I know. unbelievable. Yeah. Wow, okay. All right. Well. <laughs> okay, so when are you coming to the U.S., Roddy Beck?
5: Uh, I have to come over in April for a media-type week thing, <laughs> uh, take photos and do all that tough promotion stuff. So I think, I'm, I think it's going to be in Vegas, which is going to be fun because I've never been there.
1: Nice. Now, how's the how's the training over in, in uh, Australia as far as like women? I know a lot of times uh, you had to fight up a weight class when you when you started. And then you said some of the girls that you fought weren't really at, up to your level. Uh, how's the sparring over there?
5: Uh, the, the, it's getting better. Like there's a lot of more. There's a lot more girls now that have gotten into the sport and like crossed over from other sports like, you know, BJJ or um, kickboxing. So it has actually picked up. Um, now there's a lot more girls <laughs> in my way now that I don't need to fight them, <laughs> but uh, it's it's still slow. Like it's nowhere near, you know, the state of America and um, the promotions and the, the quality yet. But um, we're starting to get, you know, a good team going at my, at Game Bread and we've got Sean through. Coming over from Japan to you know come on board as head coach, which I'm really excited about. So, hopefully, I won't have to come over to the states for a camp. I can just keep it in Australia.
1: Yeah, but it seems like are you the best in your gym?
5: Oh no, no! Like I train with all the guys as well, and the guys always always kick my ass. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, and I've got a I've got a few good training partners. Claire Fryer that um, fights in Australia at the moment. She might be trying out for the Ultimate Fighter. She's really good and um. We go back and forth, and I've got a, um, a boxer, a girl that's trying out for the Olympics as well that's at my weight. So I'm getting a good team together, and they're all kicking my ass, so it's good.
1: <laughs> gotcha. Now, how often do girls think you're a lesbian?
5: <laughs> I get it a lot. I get a lot of guys that call me a dyke and stuff, like on YouTube videos.
1: <laughs> I love the accent.
5: A dyke? <laughs> they call me a dyke?
1: <laughs> really? So, because it seem, I mean, it does seem like oh, the, with the haircut and the tattoos that I could see how... Guys might think, or women might think that you are into girls, uh, but you're not? You've never been into girls?
5: No, I'm not. <laughs> My sister's a lesbian, if that counts.
1: <laughs> oh, nice. nice. What does she look like?
5: <laughs> she looks like me, kind of, with long hair. <laughs> oh,
1: hmm. well, all right, well, that's very interesting. She looks
3: like you in a wig?
5: <laughs> yeah, kind of, I guess.
1: But you always knew that you were into... Dicks. I mean, you always knew <laughs> that strictly like, dickly. That you were that that was your thing.
5: Strictly
1: dick. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> this has been an awkward. Did I just but, feel your
5: fantasy of um, lesbian orgy or something?
1: Yes. No. You've already. First of all, listen. <laughs> listen. I, I I think you're adorable. Uh, if you were single, I would completely hit on you. Uh, you're definitely the kind of girl I, I would I would strike out with. Uh, and. um <laughs> And, you know, you're, you're, you're just a badass girl. I give you a lot of credit, honestly, from, from where you came from to, to growing up with, you know, to being overweight to starting fighting after two kids, to have to raise two kids on your own, to have your ex-scumbag boyfriend beat you up and spit on you and all those horrible things, and then to talk about it and be open about it, and to make the ultimate fighter to so where you are, I give you a ton of credit, a ton of respect, and uh, honestly, and... I, I'm proud that, to even to, to even have you on the show and to even you know, say that I even uh, know you so
5: oh, thank you I, I love coming on here it's yeah, fun I always listen to your podcast so I knew it would be a good one I didn't know if you were gonna start asking about sex and stuff so well I would, honestly what? I like,
1: was but after reading that like horrible <laughs> so horrific thing I, I just I just sort of didn't wanna I don't know I, I didn't wanna you know make it make you feel uncomfortable well I didn't read it so can I ask her <laughs> yeah <of course. laughs> You know, but uh, I'm I'm saying, but if you ever want to come here and talk about how horny you are, let me know, because this is a (laughs) this is a great outlet for you (laughs) to talk about. And and if you ever break up with this guy, please call us, because uh, maybe we'll have the dating game. Us three and you. We'll we'll see. Which I I know that, you know, that T-Rex is married and, and, you know, Jake, Jake's asexual. Jake's asexual. The asexual at Juggernaut, but <laughs> so. <laughs> but, but thank you, and good luck with everything, and uh, keep up your journey because it's uh, it's 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 been very inspiring so far.
5: Thank you. I will. Good luck, Beck. Thank yeah, Yo, thanks, you. Beck. All right, thanks,
3: sweetie, for coming
1: on. See ya. Bye. Okay. What a cutie. Yeah, that was. She's adorable, right? I think uh, she
2: was expecting something like more, maybe deeper. Sexual? I don't know.
1: I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Do you think we let her down?
2: <laughs> no, I think she was. You know. I think little. she'll
3: respect us more for that—the fact that we didn't go there.
1: I don't
2: know. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's you know, no, she's got a crazy story. You know what I mean? I think she's been through and and uh, yeah. to where she's at now—that's that's huge.
1: Well, she just wrote the blog last year about it was on like like women's you know outreach. It was like some some very like it was just kind of it really made me sad. I don't know, not, to, not that I'm feeling bad for her, but, like, you know, someone like Felice Herrig, you, you know, it just seems a little more uppity up and, about that. But I don't know. I mean, look, I'm not trying to... Uh, she, she she, probably is... Well, she has a boyfriend, too. It's like, I don't know, you know. Do mm-hmm. uh, you who, know whether
2: her kids are uh, male or female? You don't want to offend her boyfriend or anything?
1: I don't know. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to offend anybody. I, I'm trying to make an interesting interview. What do you want me to say? It's, I'm joking yeah I mean, it's just, uh,
2: <laughs> you know, I don't know. I She's... What, what seems like a, an interesting...
1: I'm looking forward to watching her fight. I think, I think that she should be in the U.S., though, uh, having a, tr- a training camp in the U.S. I just, that's, honestly, I think that would help her out. because I know she's, it's hard because she has two kids and a family out mm-hmm. in Australia, but I think that it just seems like the best women fighters are from the U.S. or Brazil, uh, but especially the U.S. You look at the top five girls, right? You have Ronda Rousey. Uh, well, Cyborg's from Brazil. Uh, Sarah McMahon is I think from, said women. <laughs> yeah, women uh, Sarah McMahon uh, who, Who's number four? Uh, Kat Zingano, Zingano. Mm-hmm. Misha would be number five, right? Maybe Alexis Davis is from England um, But uh, And then No, Alexis
0: Davis from Canada
1: Oh, uh, from Canada Alexis Davis from Canada Sarah Kaufman uh, Jessica I mm-hmm. Jessica Penn I mean, they're, they're all from the, the U.S. It seems like So mm-hmm. it would just seem like Right now I know she trains with the men In Australia And obviously that's gotta help you know, but it just seems as far as as far as women training partners go, being in the U.S. would help her out. That's what I. That's the one thing that I would. You know.
0: Tell no, her. absolutely. I mean, you isn't know? that even true for men though, too? Like the. Mm-hmm.
2: Why well, you? I mean, you could tell even last week when uh, the the guy from from uh, Ireland kind of got offended about the wrestling coming. It's like, <laughs> well, we're not trying to offend you here. You know what I'm saying? It's just, you know, even in Brazil, it's it's like there's just more more outlets here to, for for places to train. You know, there's. College wrestling, you know, in, in
0: universities and stuff. There's, I feel like there's just more more opportunity. Well, is that why Leoto and um, Anderson they all train here in Southern California, right? Mm-hmm. For, for the Teixeira. most part, yeah, I, I know well, that in the bitches. <laughs>
1: And what do you think? I mean, you think we should have been – I think we should have been more – I think that was a good interview. you still thinking about that? I don't know. You think I should have delved deeper? I, I'm trying. to I, no, I don't know. it was good. What, yeah, do you, what, what do you want me to say? Hey, Becca, uh, I heard are,
0: – are you, are you good at deep-throating? I mean, what, what do you want me to say? Let's do? let Let's the fans th- decide. But, have them tweet you and say if they no, liked it or not. Yeah, is what we you I, I, I can't not.
1: because uh, – you know what? I can't listen – look, I, I, <laughs> I like the fans, but, but I, when I do this, I get half the fans and say, dude – I love your women interviews. Holy shit, best interview ever. And then I go, dude, you went too far with the girl with the, uh, what's your name? With the, the on it girl. Uh, uh, yeah. Whitney?
3: Whitney. Whitney, Whitney. Yeah. yeah,
1: it was uncomfortable. Other people say that was the best thing ever. I mean, so I can't well, necessarily we, listen to we, the fans. We broke her know?
3: in, we broke her cherry for the show pretty you know easily. So she'll come on less guarded next time, and then we'll bombard yeah. her with we'll just like the Rowdy her. back Hyatt? Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, I don't know. No
0: longer Hyatt.
1: Oh, Beck Rawlings. Yes. You know, I mean, look. There's a part of me that does like the whole Howard Stern element and this and that, but I like it when the fighters take me there, kind of, mm-hmm. or when I'll ask a question. Like, for example, the Anthony G- Johnson thing, and I ask him what kind of girls you like, and he, he says, "Well, black vagina doesn't look healthy." I mean, like that. that <laughs> to me, that I'd rather go there than go. Hey, I you know. So, what do you think of black vaginas? I'm not gonna like lead with that. Yeah. You know, I'd rather you do you, Adam. Yeah, exactly. But I like Beck. But I do have to admit that. Reading that article about her getting the crap eaten out of her, if that if I hadn't read that, maybe I'd be a little, maybe it would be less. Well, I mean, gloomy. you're going with
3: your gut feeling. It that's how I mean you went it went the way. Yeah, you but were I don't want to, to treat go. people
1: differently because they've been beat up either. So there, 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 there's the other side to it of like, well, maybe maybe she wants uh, to have this like fun talk about sex so uh, you know there's a lot going through my head and uh, I try to do the best I can no, it, you know, it,
3: you're doing great it, it was very it was very hard for me to bite my tongue when you said would you ever date a guy that you could beat up and she probably is looking forward to that <laughs>
1: <laughs> so. yes Yeah, you, you should have said that don't bite your tongue it's different when you say it because you're black too so you gotta, <laughs> honestly, I have 400 years you, you get away with a lot more than I can say so just so you know All right, so our next guest has been on a tear as of late. Uh, he's won his last five out of six. I thought he actually beat Asensio. Uh, and he's, uh, you know, just Team Alpha Male, one of, one of my favorite people. He's a good human being, quite an American. TJ Dillashaw, how are you, man? Uh, doing good. How are you, man? Good. You're on with Jake Ellenberger and T-Rex. TJ, what up, man? What up? Hey, what's going on, guys? So you got a, you got a big fight coming up? Uh, correct against uh, Mazugaki? yes yes
3: yes yes M- Mitsugaki. yeah, <laughs> yeah it. you say Mazugaki. yeah Steve Mazzagati you're fighting Steve Mazugaki.
1: yeah I'm fighting the ref <laughs>
6: so
1: no. well I might as well might as fight two people yeah run right can I corner anyway, you so. no he's fighting uh, Takaya Muzagaki. right uh, is, 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 is yeah, that yeah, how, is how you say it so uh, what are you doing to get prepared what's going on How's how's your camp going tell us I'm still
6: pretty far out You know I just found out about it Last week So I'm still 12 weeks out So I'm, I'm making sure To take it easy But just kind of Staying in shape um, Right now As we speak I'm playing a little bit of golf So <laughs> that, That's some uh, good preparation For the fight But uh, nice. you know, Maybe stick, sticking more To the um, To the, the technique parts of it And then uh, A little bit more Strength conditioning Making sure to stay in shape And staying strong And you know Being ready healthy How's
3: your How's your golf game? Oh, I swear I was about to ask That same question <laughs>
6: Not that great. Yeah. Right? Are you, are you yeah, Tiger, Tiger Woods? Work,
3: Tiger Woods like, or like in, the woods? <laughs> yeah, in, in the
1: woods? Yeah, in more in the woods. Have, you, yeah. have <laughs> you have you ever fallen in one of the golf holes? No, no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I it it as a jacuzzi.
1: <laughs> no. Yeah. No. Now you um. Now you were at the uh, Uriah Faber against Burrell fight, right? Uh, you you were there? Yeah.
6: No, I was not there. I was watching it
1: on TV. Oh no! What did you think of
6: that stoppage? I was definitely early, you know, I mean, he got caught, um, got caught clean, but Uriah is one of the most durable guys that I've known in the sport, and he shouldn't, especially for a title fight, he shouldn't have gotten more time to fight out of it, Um, um, you know, it's just, it's just rough, you know,
1: tough. How how did you feel when uh, Uriah was like, hey man, I mean, what a, what a, great guy, that he, like, loses the fight, which, controversial (laughs) stoppage, and then, but then called, but then says, it's okay, because, because TJ Dillashaw is going to get the title back, that was, I mean, that must have felt pretty good.
6: Yeah, it did, I mean, obviously, it was a shitty night, it was, like, ended the horrible way, and then, he was awesome on the mic, and then, you know, getting the shout-out from him, you know, made it a little bit better, even though he lost.
1: Did it help, did it,
6: it, on a good note for me. Did it help
1: get you any tail? (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm engaged, man. Oh, you're a gay? Well, same, same tale. Same congratulations. Tale for the rest of my life, Congra-
3: congratulations, man. How does that sound? Think- the same tale for the rest of your life. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. T-Rex is
2: married, so he's coming. <laughs> how,
1: how long have you been with this girl? Uh, nine years. Wow. Nine oh, years. Forever. Yeah, we've lived, we've lived together uh, long, too. So. so you've seen the same vagina for nine years? Yeah. Is there anything like you do like does uh did like Ludwig help try to like change your position with it i mean <laughs>
6: <laughs> no he he's a, he's a family man as well he's got a he's got three kids he's been happily married for a long time he's been with his girl since he's like seventeen mm-hmm. so he's all for it he thinks uh anything consistent in my life is probably the best thing for me and uh you know it doesn't cause any drama i don't have to go out looking for any chicks and uh. There you
1: now uh, I have to say though you're five foot six, so do, do uh, the guys call you Shaq in camp? <laughs>
6: <laughs> yeah, it's the only place I do feel tall when I go back to the gym. Other than that, you know, I feel I feel I feel rather small, but when I go back to the gym, I feel huge. It's awesome. I, but, but, I hang out the gym. I, I, that's why I'm getting so good. I hang out the gym so much just so I can feel so tall.
1: <laughs> I like love Team Alpha Male. Uh, by the way, you guys are like the best sports, fucking amazing, amazing dudes. I'm 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 a, I'm a huge fan. Uh, you're, you're wrestling, by the way. I was looking at your wrestling. In high school, you were 170 and 33. Uh, you, yeah. t- you took second in the state uh, of California as a uh, senior. Mm-hmm. How close was that, was, was, was that match? Did, did, I mean, what was that like?
6: Uh, yeah, I got beat by an uh, all kind of like, rival Our kid I had wrestled in high school all the time. I actually got beat by like five points, uh, so it was a pretty good beating. But uh, I uh, tore my knee in the semifinals match to, to go on to the finals. So I was like wrestling with it oh, pretty much like taped up knee brace on my leg California is huge I kind of got my butt kicked at the same time
2: no I, th- I think too what people don't realize is how big, big you know, California know. yeah it. like the, the, just the California state tournament too like what, what you got to do to qualify to get to the state tournament so it's like it's so much bigger it's, than other states
6: yeah I mean we have only one state champion. a lot of states have multiple state states so like a lot of states course sections is like their state Mm-hmm. So uh, we got we got a place in our league top three and then top four in our subsection because we're a smaller school and then top five in sections to be able to make it to state.
1: Now, yeah, you no, know, I was camp. a main state champ. It was me and like some like dog. It was just, I had to <laughs> wrestle a dog and uh, I uh, lost the first three <laughs> times. But um, <laughs> now, no, no, you were uh, no. But you know what I like about you though, TJ, is that things didn't. You know, you're a very successful guy, uh, but things didn't necessarily come easy for you. Uh, for example, no. as a freshman year, you were 14 and 16 in college, which is, I, gotta, yeah. I mean, you went from being second in the state of California to having a losing record. Uh, that that summer, you go to the, the uh, Ukraine to get better. What was that like? Yeah,
6: mm-hmm. that was crazy. Those kids, out there, I mean, they're kids out there too. They're 17-year-old kids that are built like men and just kicking everyone's ass. I mean, it's pretty impressive to see the way. But they were bred from uh, from being, you know, three years old to do what they're doing and to be in the, in the wrestling environment and living at the limit training center 24 seven. And that's all they do. You know, they don't go to school. They don't have jobs. You know, all they do is train. So if they get good real quick and you get get beat up on and kind of get humbled a little bit and same with my freshman year in college, man, that was, you know, it was hard to get through, but I came out of, out of high school thinking I was the man and then just got my ass kicked and, you know, kind of woke yourself up and knew that I had to work even harder. And, you know, I mean,
1: I, I'm, I'm a good athlete, but I had to work hard to be a good athlete. I wasn't just naturally gifted, I don't think. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's like me as, like a, as a comic. Uh, people always say to me, I'm like, yeah, man, I like stutter. I'm bad at impressions. I have horrible delivery. <laughs> uh, everybody that I started with was better than me, but I just kept going at it. And every single night, just trying to be the best comic I can. And then I ended up on Leno and Last Comic and blah, blah, blah. But it's, it's not natural talent at all. And I think people, they, natural talent is so overrated. Because a lot of times people have natural talent and they just coast on it. Whereas a guy like you, you know.
6: It's like my younger brother, dude. My younger younger brother started wrestling. He's awesome. He's kicking everyone's ass. Never had to practice. Just naturally gifted at all the shit he does. And then the going got tough in high school and didn't want to go to college and kind of just dropped out of wrestling, you know. And he could have been really good. But it was so easy for him when he first started that the hard work wasn't worth it to him, you know.
1: Yeah, no, that's, uh, I mean, work ethic. a guy like Ellenberger started wrestling yeah. in college, which was like, I've never even heard of that. He walked onto a Division II national team and just joined the team.
6: Yeah, well, he's, he, he's also got some retard strength in him, man. I got <laughs> retard strength? <laughs> I love the strong. I got to try to roll around with him. And I feel like, I mean, obviously I'm a lot smaller than him, but just feel like a little punk, you know, like I couldn't even pick up his leg on a single leg. It's ridiculous. <laughs>
1: Now somebody told me that you went to Reign and that you were like too rough on people in Reign. Is that is, 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 there, is, that, is there truth it is it true? And that you got kicked out of Reign for, for beating, beating up on Pack for, for, for beating up the entire gym. And then you you got you got you got exiled to Team Alpha Male. Is there any truth of that? <laughs> exiled.
6: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a little bit of truth to that, I guess. I mean, no one wants to get be beat up by a small guy. No, I'm just kidding. Um, it's just kind of like Muñoz had nothing but big dudes down there. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't gonna do me any good. He'd go down there and probably get hurt. You know, he knew where I should be training, and uh, he mm-hmm. watched out for my career and sent me up to team Alpha Mill as soon as he realized that I could be good at the sport. And, you know, it and, and all worked out for the best.
1: So it wasn't because you were beating up Munoz and those guys, and they they kind of felt stupid? Well, at least that's not what I was told. It could have
6: been that. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I always go hard. That's, that's one of my uh, faults in practice is I go a little bit too hard at all times. And that's what I'm known for at our gym now, too, is uh, – if you're going to try to make it onto our team, you got to spar me first or go through me first and <laughs> even join the team because you're most likely going to get beat up, and if you can hang from that, then you're good to stay.
3: Is that is that true,
6: that you're the linchpin there? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, I wow. get a lot of crap for it just because, I don't know, I'm just real aggressive and super competitive. I don't want to lose. I don't even care if it's Monopoly. I'm going to be pissed if I lose. No, I, I, I
1: hear you're like the Mike Pyle of Team Alpha Male. <laughs> that's, what, that's what people say. Well, how's Pyle? I heard Pyle, like, in the gym is a is a complete He's an beast. Animal. He's an animal. And that's what I hear about you.
6: I, I try to, man. I try to, I try to be uh, good every day in any in position. I mean, that's why I just, I get i so aggressive. and I don't want to lose ever. Just I don't want anybody to get better than me.
1: Just don't get injured, you know?
6: Yeah, no. It's got to be smart about it. I think after Dwayne's came in and done a lot with our team, is uh, we've... <laughs> Before Dwayne got there, he would just spar every year pro practice and just be like uh, straight UFC fights every every Monday, Tuesday, Friday morning, <laughs> you know, just fucking throw down. You know, had, had a little bit of technique, but more just toughness and, and going hard. And then Dwayne got there and structured a little bit different. And you know, we spar a lot less and do a lot more drilling now keep our bodies healthy and and hungry to get in there and hurt someone. You
1: know. Now, when you fought Mike Easton, how distracting was his cup? <laughs> How what? How distracting was his cup? Because I know he has a huge. I know he has a huge cup. <laughs> he's
6: wearing overeems. Yeah, cup. he's him. Uh, him and, and Hanayaya is a uh, match. Each other favorite fighters because how big their cocks are.
1: Yeah, seriously. <laughs> <So laughs> when,
6: when I was fighting Mike Easton, he was rooting against me because his, his cock's so big. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. No, I was, I was, I was a close second for Master Chong, you know, but as soon as you saw Ethan, I was, I got thrown to the back. <laughs> That's, That's what I hear.
1: And then also, I heard that. Um, uh, I now, is it true that Uriah Faber's ass, uh, ass is shaped like a chin? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I
6: guess you could say that man's as, well as big as his chin
1: His chin and his ass are like the same size oh, okay that was uh, that was true and alright so I, these are these are very very uh, questions I had and then finally uh, Misha Tate's ass right have you ever like yeah. when she used to train with you have you ever like thought you were checking it out and it turned out to be Faber's chin <laughs> No, no, no. Her is looking for your ice chance. Oh, good. Okay. These are, these are these are the questions. These are very, very important hey, questions, TJ. Oh, yes, I got a
6: here. quick quick this question.
2: <laughs> quick question, TJ. How is, um how has bang like really helped you specifically like um, how has he changed like your fighting style or the way you train, you know what I mean? I'm just curious.
6: He, he he's changed um, just how comfortable I am in any position on my feet.
2: Mm-hmm. You know,
6: I, I like I like fighting southpaw. I'm I'm almost more comfortable now southpaw than I am orthodox. Uh, I'm ready to strike at all times. My my kicking game has increased insane just by the setups that he's got me doing, and uh, just just how much repetitive drilling we do. It just kind of comes natural now when you get into the situations. It's just like wrestling practice. I don't know why yeah. we didn't figure it out before this, but. You know, you drill the same double leg thousands and thousands of times. You know, until you get into that match and it just happens naturally. It's the same thing with striking. You know, you get put into situations that, where shit happens you don't even know you did it. I went back and watched my Eastern fight. Didn't even remember half the shit I did until I until I watched it again. And I was like, oh damn, that's tight. I learned that. You know, mm-hmm. so it's just kind of going
1: through the motions all the time. Oh, I, actually, I have a serious question. Now, when when I thought you beat a that 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 was actually <laughs> he's laughing. <laughs> I, he's la- now it's I thought good, you, if you had a serious question. I thought it was gonna be like something real serious, you know, like your butt bloodshot or something. <laughs> Yo, that's, that's that is very serious. Um, now the Asunzai fight, <laughs> I thought you won, and they gave it to him, but it seemed like everyone on Twitter thought you won. It was kind of a both. Bullse- yeah. Now when you Win a fight like, when you lose a fight like that, you think you won. Does, does it still affect you? Do you still treat it like a loss? Or do you go, you know what, this, that was bullshit?
6: You know, in my mind, it was a win. I mean, I even said that after my last fight. I won the fight, but it definitely affected me afterwards. You know, it I was my fault for leaving it as close as it was. Um, for one, I should have finished the choke first round and I should have continued to use my wrestling and just kind of kick his ass. But, uh, you know, I let him come back and make it too close. But, so, yeah, I mean, you know, I felt pretty shitty about it just because of the fact that. You know, I should be getting a title fight right now, and uh, now I got to run through uh, to get him before that. Before that comes, um, you know, so it, it affected me for a little bit, but I got over it pretty quick. Just after watching the fight over and over again, and knowing that I had to keep telling myself that I won the fight. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it also helped that everyone everyone agreed with me. You know, it helped out that every social media outlet and everyone on Twitter, you know, all thought it was bullshit that I got that. Judge
1: against me. Yeah, that was bullshit. And then finally, uh, have you guys ever thought about having a team alpha male doggy door instilled in the <laughs> octagon so you guys can go underneath the octagon?
6: Dude, I wish because then I wouldn't have to go through the front door all the time. I'd be able to go through the back and just, uh,
1: just pop right in
6: for practice and wait not even you know when I'm coming in. Yeah. Th- that we, would should, be- we should actually install it. It'd be like a half-size door to normal and it's in the in the back alley so you just sneak in. Dude.
1: I that's love that. I'm gonna I'm
6: going gonna, I'm gonna to start this.
1: Please, please do. Hey, man, TJ, I'm a big fan, dude. You're uh, get, get back to golf. Uh, thank, you, thank you for coming on the show, man, honestly. And uh, I hope you win the title. I really do. Uh, I'm so pumped for you to win the title, man.
6: Uh, I appreciate that so much, man. It means a lot, and uh, I'm definitely winning that title. I'm going to win it before the end of this year. Before this year's over, I'm going get to that, get that strap.
2: That'll be great, no man. No doubt. TJ, thanks for coming on, man.
6: Oh, uh, No problem. Later, brother.
1: Bye. All
2: right, guys. We'll
1: talk to you later. Take care. That was TJ Dillashaw. TJ D. I, I think he might win it. I, I think he's got a good, I mean, he's gotten so much better. Mm-hmm. And a guy like that, it just – like they, they say, he really does uh,
2: – you know, he's a beast at the gym. You know, you it, know? It, two of the biggest things, too, I think, in just <clears throat> having a recipe to succeed in the sport is just, A, having the work ethic, and, and, B, being coachable. And he's got both. So he's – yeah, I've trained with him a few times, and every time it's – he wants to learn, you know what I mean. So that that's kind of a big thing to to be to be a champ, and and he absolutely could be.
1: Does he? Uh, did you guys get into a fight at the gym? Was it ever like? Did it ever come to blows?
2: No, we've we've sparred before. Sparred? Yeah, no, not like. No. Okay. Right. That's <laughs> right. He would, you know, he'd, he'd get on a leg and realize my legs like
1: half his body weight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, he's a badass. He's a. I was. Uh, I was surprised that. Um, you know, I, I thought he, him and Dotson, I was surprised. You know, it just shows, shows how tough Dotson is. I mean, Dotson, mm-hmm. you know, knocked out TJ and then is now at one twenty five. You know, it just shows how great Dot, both those guys. You know, yeah. I, something about like that 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 whole season of like, The Ultimate Fighter I like a lot. I, I like that when it was Dotson and TJ and Caraway and I think it was Mayhem and Bisbing, right? That yeah. was the season with <laughs> Mayhem and Bisbing. That whole season I, I, I really enjoyed, mm-hmm. except for when I drove to Vegas to watch ma- the mayhem fight. That was the most depressing fight I've ever been to. I was like I was so looking forward to mayhem cuz everybody was picking mayhem. I mean every everybody you were picking mayhem,
2: right? Yeah, I, I, I thought he he definitely had a great chance. But, uh, but you know, his extracurricular activities were not uh, a yeah. helping him out. You know? I
1: wish he would come on here cuz there are so many things he tells me that I'm, I wish he would come on the podcast and talk about cuz he has he has some of the funniest stories anybody's ever heard yeah. i mean mayhem miller uh, should have a book i mean holy shit he should have a book all right so we have one of the legends of mma uh former ufc champion just a complete badass a guy that i grew up watching and uh i'm thrilled to have him on it actually the guy was following me on Twitter and said, why don't you roast me? And uh, it was Kevin Randleman. And I'm like, holy shit, Kevin, the monster Randleman. I am so pumped to have Kevin Randleman on the show. How are you, Kevin? I'm good, depending on how the show goes. <laughs> nice. Uh, now, Kevin, I was watching some of your videos, man. Holy, I, stuff that you have accomplished. Uh, I was watching you just you know, knock out Crow Cop. Uh, and some, and that, 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 that Fedor slam, I mean, you, you're definitely one of, uh, one of the most powerful, best athletes I've, in the history of mixed martial arts. I feel like you're very underrated. Uh, and people, the people don't really know about, uh, well, some of the new guys don't know about, about how, uh, how much of a badass you are, man. Uh, but let's, let's get, let's get to the, the, the uh, beginning, man. So you, you, uh, grew up, you had 11, there were 11 kids in your house?
7: I'm um, not in the house. Remember, I was one of the youngest ones.
1: My daddy was a, my father was a Rolling Stones. Uh, <laughs> was... Oh no! I think we lost him. Uh, maybe I uh, offended him by the first question.
3: You
7: <laughs> uh, uh, said, but Dad was wrong because he was black.
1: No, let's call him back. Hello. All right, so Kevin.
7: Hi. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that.
1: Oh, it's all good. So you, so you, there were eleven kids in your family. Yes. I mean, was that, was that hard? I mean, because I, 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 was, I was reading something that said that you actually got into a lot of fights in the, in the uh, streets growing up. You, you uh, grew up, you were sort of poor.
7: Um, I grew up in, I can't say that I grew up in the streets because my mom would beat my ass and get me home. <laughs> so so she, was, uh, she was really good at protecting us from, from that. But uh, I loved my brothers and sisters and I wanted to do and be what they were. So um, I got brothers, I got sisters, and brothers that are in jail for uh, being kingpins and queenpins, and I got a brother that's Secret Service. So every end of the spectrum we have in my family.
3: Where do you uh, Where do you fall in line as far as age? And those was eleven.
7: Second to the youngest.
1: Oh, you're almost a baby.
7: I am a baby. <laughs> now
1: in high school, that's right? My wife. I, I was looking at like your, your high school wrestling uh, statistics. You were you were one hundred and twenty two and eleven in high school wrestling. That's crazy. Uh, you were a state yep. you were the uh, state champion of o- Ohio. Uh, then you went to college, and your freshman year you took second in the NCAA's. You won it your second year. You won it your third year. But your senior year you couldn't wrestle because of grades. We can
7: say it was grades, but I'm gonna say it was my mental explain um I had a baby i i I, I had a son when I was in high school, and that bitch was crazy, <laughs> and every chance she got every chance she got, I was either in jail or 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 in trouble for something that she would say but uh um, when I was in college, I would go home every weekend because my father, he was battling addiction, and uh, I would go home to make sure he was good, and if he wasn't good, I'd go beat the shit out of the drug dealers that would give him whatever, uh, and stuff like that, you know. I'm a family man, I love my family, so I will live and die. You know, My life is nothing if my family's not good. So I do what I do with my body, and that's why fighting's so easy for me.
1: Nice. So, so your, 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 uh, your, ex, your, your baby mama was putting you in jail. I mean, how, how, how often did, did,
7: you have, did you have to go to jail? Listen, Dana White, Tito Ortiz, is vet. he should send this fucking chick a f***ing thank you basket. Because if it wasn't for her, he wouldn't have f***ing held the title as long as he did. He and I were supposed to fight, and I was put in jail by this chick because... I was making money now. I was fighting for custody of my son. And the only way that she could win is if I was in jail. So I was in, she put me in jail and said that I threatened to kill her and my son. Wow. I mean, at least she should have she at least said she, that I threatened to kill her, not my son, because that didn't make any sense. Right. S- so, you're in, so you're ranked
1: number one in the country wrestling. You, you're a defending champion. and then now you're, And now you're in jail. How did guys try to test you in jail?
7: Uh, I, I don't listen. I don't think. I don't think I'm a badass, fellas. I believe that I'll keep it real, and I will never ever in my life f-ing back down from a fight. So wherever I'm at, if you want to contest me, please test me. I was tested once and do stabbed me in the hand with a pencil, and I was in jail. And
3: how did that end up for him?
7: I knocked the f- out of his ass. <laughs> I, I was in I was in solitary the rest of my time in jail. <laughs> Wow. Now, how
1: pissed were you when you couldn't wrestle your senior year?
7: Well, honestly, it wasn't that I was pissed because I had so many things that I was worrying about. Um, you know, uh, my wife says you shouldn't say this and that, but I like to be honest with everybody. You know, when you, when I was a kid, I was ADD like crazy, and I never even knew what there was. I didn't understand it. And then as I got older, now, I've been in therapy for, for a long time, dealing with things. Um... I, uh, Sandusky, Ohio, was a very racist ass place. And when I was a kid, I was eight. I was in the eighth grade, and f- some dudes caught me and thought it was funny to, shoot, to pretend like they were going to hang me. And uh, I'm sitting there scared, crying. And when I fall off of this crate and don't get hung or whatever, they start laughing and just run off, that shit wasn't funny. And it started to make it created a f- monster. Now, when I was in high school, I had a, a cop, uh, you know, try and kill me off-duty cop, whacked out on drugs, tried to kill me, nothing happened to him. These things contribute to me being a monster. And then when I go back home and see all the things going on and going wrong, and my father battling addiction and people still trying to give him stuff, that was my first priority, not school. Because, you know, I mean, I did what I came to to school to do. Now, now today, my regret is that I didn't get my degree. Because I coach sixty kids right now, and next year I plan on having one hundred and twenty. And when those kids come up, I need to be able to tell them college is more important than anything, and I need to get my degree in order to preach what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, no, dude, you're a legend, man. I mean, you I, honestly, and like I was, I was watching like so many of your fights last night, and uh, you know, a lot of times when I have people on the show, it's like three in the morning, four in the morning, I got to watch the fights, and I love watching fights, but your fights are at a different level of watching fights, like. There is a certain excitement that you brought to that uh, octagon and that ring that it, it's almost like it's very Mike Tyson-esque, where you knew that someone was getting knocked the fuck out. Um, <laughs> Without a doubt. Uh, and yeah, right.
7: I, I say that. That's one of my pitch lines. Someone is getting knocked the
1: fuck out. Yeah. Uh, now, but, but, I, but I, 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 I was watching some of your interviews, and, you know, you, you're, you're very, you are very hard on yourself. Like, you said that your career wasn't what it could have been. Uh, that there were guys around you that didn't, know, that didn't know what you were doing wrong and that you wish someone ha- would have told you what you were doing wrong? Uh, what are some of those things?
7: I can guarantee you that successful people are successful not because of the yes-men around them, but because of the people that call them a dumbass. And I had a lot of people around me that kind of... I, I don't care about being loved. I could give a shit if you love me but if you respect me, you will fear me. You know what I mean? That makes sense to me, I don't know if it does to you. Yeah. So all my life, I didn't give a shit if you loved me. I never ever been in love, my, ever. Girls were girls and girls were just as good as worse as guys. My girlfriends, f- three dudes in a week, I call them pimps, not hookers. So, um, the guys around me, I was in the UFC and there were there were guys in my locker room doing drugs, f-ing bitches. This is before the UFC, uh, UFC became the organization, and they built it up into the great program that it is. But back in the day, man, guys would come in, and I had a posse of people that were, you know, some of them were killers and some of them were bad, but um, I also had guys in my, my corner that were just there, and they were yes men, but they, they like to do things that, I mean, I'm not this big, I'm not a party animal, but I can party. You know, I know how to party. And uh, there's a time and a place. And when I got a, when, on fight day, I don't expect anyone around me doing drugs around me because they think it's cool because because I'm Kevin and I don't fucking give a fuck.
1: Now, who are these guys doing drugs and fucking bitches in the locker room? Come
7: on, come on man. <laughs> Why you gonna ask me that question, big dog? I mean, come on. People want to know who these people were. I tell you what. You want to know who these people are? My book is gonna... My book... My book is going to paint a picture of myself, probably of not being the greatest guy, but at the end of the day, if you meet me today, you'll understand that the journey that I went through from the day I was born to the day, it was a good journey and a great journey for me. Not so great for everyone around me, but for me, the journey was, the journey is a great journey for me. Now, why do you hate Tito Ortiz so much? Because he's a f***ing... (laughs) No, stop holding back, man. Tell us how you really feel. Listen, listen. I grew up, I, I don't care what anyone says. I can die just like the next motherfucker. But when it comes down to it, I respect every fucking guy that puts the ring, gets in that cage and fights. Why? Because it ain't easy. For me, it's easy because I'm a bipolar motherfucker. I love to fight. <laughs> I've been, I've, I've, I have fought cops in my life. Believe me, I don't give a fuck. If you call me a f- in public and you think I ain't going to touch you, I'll touch you. You and your boys can do whatever, but at the end of the day, you're not going to racially intimidate me. You're not going to bully me. I don't like men that be women. I don't like men that disrespect kids and try and bully them. I'm f- against anything that fucking people want to bully people in. And Tito Ortiz, the bitch-ass motherfucker he is, Mark Coleman was walking into the ring to fight Randy Couture. Tito was on the side. And Tito forgets all the people that helped his little bitch ass as he was coming up and cared about him. Now, the fight was over. Tito Ortiz gets up and thinks that he's a big man. I'm watching from my seat. I'm with my wife and my boys in my house watching it. And I'm in Vegas. When I heard him say, you sorry, mother blah, 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 I put my clothes on. I got dressed the f up and went out looking for that bitch. If I'd have found him, I would have whooped this bitch ass. I go out by myself. I don't need a posse to go out with. And if I get beat down by a crew, then fine, so be it. I'll be back soon. Tito Ortiz goes out with a crew. He acts tough. When Tito's by himself, he acts like a fking bitch. Always being respectful. I'm a disrespectful motherfucker. If you a disrespectful bitch, and that's who he is. Tito and I met each other years ago. I met his wife, his first wife. She's an awesome woman. Awesome woman. Gave Tito her life. Gave him everything. And Tito's bitch ass and her got married. And when they were in the Bahamas or Jamaica driving around on a scooter, they got hit by a bus and almost got killed. And this is the type of man I am. I called them as soon as they told me. I called Tito's house. I left a message on his voicemail and said, Hey, Tito, I, I'm praying for you, Trisha. I think I might even have prayed on the phone. And I said, if anything you need, you call me. If you need your ass wiped, you call me, I'll come wipe it. And only to see a couple weeks later or a month later, he did an interview stating that I'm a steroid monster freak. I didn't start taking juice too long after my career. And college was over. And, and well, into my UFC career, I started taking uh, st- uh, a little bit of testosterone. Again, because I'm depleted of mine. But the bottom line is, why am I pissed at Tito? Because he because he did just that. Yeah. I'm willing to fucking I'm willing to leave my family to come help him get better in rehab. And this bitch says that. So I saw Trisha, his wife, at a, um, at a, uh, a fight. And she said, I can't believe he said that. I am so mad at him. And, and, you know, he she was really there. And shortly after that, they went together. I think she realized that Tito was a fucking bitch-ass. <laughs> Excuse my language. Sorry, I sorry, sorry. I didn't, mean, I didn't mean to say that. So everyone no. out there, I do not condone saying shit like that. I'm just really hot right now. I'm pissed. When I hear his name, I want to just put my hands on him. Hmm. All right. <laughs>
1: Okay. I love it Kevin. I love it. Keeping it real. Kevin Ranneman, man, you uh you, you are my new favorite guest. Okay, so uh <laughs> now now, uh, let's go through more of your career because I, lo- I freaking love
3: well, you, got him,
1: you got him all heated now. He
3: doesn't
7: want to go back to regular talking. He wants to beat someone's ass. All right, Tom Erickson. No, no, no. Believe me, I've been in therapy for a long time now dealing with my anger. It's definitely working. I just... <laughs> I just place my... Ah, fuck you. I just place my anger and put it on the wrong people. My wife deserves... My wife and my family deserve the best of me. So people that do st- shit that are fucked up... I promise to give them
1: what they deserve. Now, is this why you were so mad at Matt Riddle?
7: Um, the Matt Riddle thing—hey, that was a misunderstanding. Believe me, fellas, it was just a misunderstanding, and we squashed it. And I follow him, and I hope he gets back. Uh, I hope he gets back on track and does what he does. But just like him, I like smoking weed once in a while too. Nice. But we all know that when you're in the when you're in the business, that business's rules are law. Yeah. And if you break the law, the rules are going to have to be applied to you. But I like Matt Riddle. Okay. Um, I like him. So like I said, it was a misunderstanding, and it got squashed. So, absolutely no, no, no hatred towards that man. I didn't even have hatred there. I don't hate people. I just want to get at you.
3: <laughs> Could you imagine him coming after you? No. Like if he said something about him on Twitter, I, no. and he was like,
7: "I'm going to beat the."
1: Hunter's mother- I would, I would leave the country.
7: <laughs> if Kevin you know, Randleman was look, after look, me, Hunters. oh my God! No matter how much we want to joke about it, there are people out there that say, "Oh, I keep it real. I keep it real." Fucking lying bitches.
3: What? You keep If it real. you
7: keep it real, you are the same person you are every day. My wife still loves me, even though I'm a crazy son of a bitch. <laughs>
1: <laughs> your, your wife is quite a woman. Quite a woman.
7: Oh, man. Trust me, my wife is heads and shoulders above everybody. She's 6'2", six 6'3", six without heels. Wow. Sexy bitch. I'm mean, a sexy woman. She, she was your publicist, too,
1: right? Man, she's my boss.
2: Yeah, she's your boss. Nice.
1: Now, let's talk about some of your fights in uh, Brazil. Now, you start, Now your first
7: MMA fight, the guy wasn't even wearing gloves? yeah. No, I think it was the second one, though. The second one. I get those a little mixed up. My first fight was second fight. I think the first tournament that I was in, we wore gloves. The second tournament I fought and I lost, and I lost to Carlo Moreto. And I believe that was the fight that we didn't wear gloves. But one of them, we didn't have gloves on, and I was screwed up, dude. I didn't come home for 30 days. Where were you? Uh, I I was in Brazil, kicking it, living the vida loca. (laughs) That must have been awesome. (laughs) It was above awesome. Let's call
1: it heavenly. Yeah, you must have My got so God. much tail. What part of Brazil? What'd you say? You, you must have got so much tail in Brazil.
7: Oh, yeah, I was fishing for red tail all day long. <laughs> oh, you mean booty? Booty. Oh, you mean sex. Yeah, sex. Yes, yes. <laughs> I even did a little fishing. <laughs> That's good, man. Fishing and pussy. That's You can't cannot go wrong with that. All right. Hey, fellas, I tell you what. For me... When I went to Brazil. It made me think that that was how it was going to be. So I was preparing myself for battle every single time. When it went down to fighting one fight in one night, it was a freaking breeze. Wow. I, I mean, I'm one fight, and one night. I'm used to fighting groups, of crews, and fucking bars. Jesus. Yeah. I don't back down. I don't back down. Carl said it best: Never give up. Never give up. And I'm never going to give up. You will knock me the fuck out, or I'm going to knock you out. But at the end of my fight, when we shake hands, you're going to be like, "Wow, maybe don't want to fight
1: that dude again." <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't want to fight you the first time. Um, <laughs> now, now Tom Erickson. Now Tom Erickson's a, uh You know, he's he's a wrestler, a, a big time wrestler. Strong McCorkle told me that Erickson still beats up him and Matt and Matt Matreon now. Uh, now you fought Tom Erickson back in the day, correct? Yeah. anything you want to talk about that fight? Um,
7: other than the fact that he knocked me out, <laughs> uh, it was a good. Uh, going into the fight, I knew that I didn't want to tie up with his ass.
1: Yeah, he's a big dude. I knew yeah. that
7: because hey, he's an Olympian, dude. Uh, I know, I know how, I know how good he is. I've known him even was in high school, so I respected his size, his strength, his, and his stamina. I just wanted to punch him in the face and hopefully get him a little uh, nervous. But I punched him and went and got too close to him, and he got me in that front choke. He, I was out on my feet. I don't even remember anything after the first punch. And then I just remember waking up in the back going, oh, come on, let's go. He's like, "All oh, right, Mark gave me a hug. and said, it's over, man. I said, what happened? He's like, you didn't win. Oh, shit. Fuck off, oh, man. Dang it. And he just gave me a hug, a big, long hug. I said, it's all right, man. You you, you fought well. Yeah. That was one thing Mark Coleman was always good at. He was always good at making me say, fuck it. One match don't mean nothing. Get no, over it. Next yeah, match is coming.
1: Yeah, you and Coleman. Coleman was your uh, your wrestling coach at Ohio State. It, actually, when I, when, I, when I saw Coleman selling his pride trophy last week, I, I kind of... Uh, it, it kind what? of maybe, made, yeah. He's selling his pride trophy for cash. on uh, eBay. I think he might be strapped for cash, and it's, it was kind of sad in a way. Yeah, it's sad. like, uh Hey, you
7: know what? Um, you know what? This, this and again, I remember I'm the guy that keeps it f***ing real. <sighs> Mike DeSavino, punk ass motherfucker. I don't dislike him because hey, he's a businessman.
3: That's the but guy from Embrace his the company,
7: grind, right? His company he made the money he made and he made he got the company he got i was in the hospital and i was dying my liver and my kidneys and stuff was failing he calls my wife she gives me the phone he says how hard is it to get into mma you know clothing there? i said it ain't hard at all What you got to do is you got to get a couple of big name guys wear your gear and uh, hopefully and it'll take off it'll take off so first month he hires me I'm in my hospital room I said hey just so that you know when you sell this company motherfucker, I want my money oh yeah 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 we'll talk about it later okay okay I said I want my money he said okay so Mark Coleman jumps on board Mark Coleman and Kevin Random get Dan Henderson, Quentin, Chuck and him, and then Mike DeSavadoe forgets who the f*** helped him get there. So Mark Coleman would not be broke right now if he would have just took my advice and sued Mike DeSavadoe's ass for f***ing for f- f- breach of contract. There was a gentleman's agreement, but we got him that f***ing, that whole entire company wouldn't be shit if it wasn't for us. Cause we helped him build it. We were the fucking guys that got the other guys on point. So, Mark, give me a call, motherfucker. You want your money? Let's go get it.
3: <laughs> You're talking. Uh, Mike Desabado is the guy that owns uh, Cage Fighter, right? Mike
7: Desabado is the guy that owns a big ass head. <laughs>
1: okay. Now, your boss Rootin fight. That I think was the biggest that was the worst decision I've ever seen. Honestly, like like banging Kim Winslow over Britney Palmer is a better decision than than, than wow. that. Whoa, 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 back that up. What'd you say? I said banging Britney Palmer oh, oh banging Kim Winslow over Britney Palmer is a better decision than your fight than that fight. You 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 got screwed in that fight, man. Oh that Boz Rutin fight.
7: Wait, wait, wait. Let's get back to banging. Bang Winslow, and I'm sorry, but, gee, when you put banging involved, I don't see how banging could be a bad thing at
1: all. Well, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> let's say you'd had sex with Kim Winslow. You could have had sex with Britney Palmer, but you chose Kim Winslow, right? I, I would say that, that that's, a, that's a pretty
7: bad decision. Correct? Okay. And this, my, I'm just, this just to my wife. Baby, if you're listening, just remember, I'm all about you. Yeah, I guess you guys are right. <laughs> <laughs> please, somebody, please give,
1: give Kevin Randleman his own TV show. Fox Sports, if you're listening, Kevin Randleman needs his own show. Done. Kevin Done. Randleman needs it. No, but seriously, that's, that's, that's the name of the show, keeping it real with Kevin Randleman. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Anything I can do to help this guy. So, Who's but now now, Boz Root and, uh, that was ridiculous. Come on.
7: Um, You know what? Again, if if fighters out there that are listening, Dana White said it once and said it best. If you don't want to have the judges involved, then don't let the judges be involved. Go out there and do your job. And I could have... I mean, honestly, during that fight, if you watch it, they stopped that fight a couple times and Boss Rutten, they asked him, and Boss Rutten was... This is what shows the test the fortitude of a man. That's why Boss, Boss Rootin is, is a legend. Because they said, we got to stop the fight. Do you want to stop the fight? And each time they ask, he said, no. I'm going to get this guy tired. He's going to get tired and I'm going to take him out. So the decision itself, I don't agree with. But the decisions that Boss Rootin were making during that fight, makes me respect him and makes me say I'm very proud to say that he and, he and I are
1: very good friends. Didn't he lie to you, though? Didn't, like, you guys have a gentleman's agreement in the elevator? That- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did. You sure did. We're on
7: that one.
1: Yes. Yeah, like, <laughs> what, what happened was, like, you guys met in the elevator, and he said, and you said, all right, no kicking. And he said, okay. And then he kicked you right away.
7: <laughs> well, he didn't. He, no, no. He didn't kick me right away, but he sure woke me up right away. I don't recall whether he was on the elevator or I was on the elevator, but the doors opened and there we were. And one of, you know, we were like, oh, we'll take the next one. But before the door shut, I said, hey, if you want to, because everyone will say, if won't stand up and box man, I, that's all I do is fight with my hands. I don't go and wrestle, I don't wrestle people in the street. I knock them down and let them get back up to knock them down again until they're done. So I said, hey, if you want to stand up, just don't kick me, because it's a natural reaction for me to take you down. You know, I didn't say all that, but he said, okay. And boy, I was sitting there waiting. I was in the corner. I was like, man, Bob said, take you down. I said, no, nah, man, if you want to stand up, you're going to stand up. And uh, I come running across the ring like I always did, and I fucking saw his back heel come up, and I knew something uh, when he put that foot out there. I, I, I even said, I said, oh, you motherfucker. <laughs> and then that was it I just took him down and we, we were on the ground if it was a 21 minute fight we were on the ground for 18 of it
1: yeah no and then didn't uh, didn't Mark Coleman tell you to smear his own glove into his eye his, his, his own blood into his eye
7: no he didn't say he smear his own blood he said, put, he said get your finger in that hole whatever is ha- whatever, whatever bleeding put your finger in and try and open it up ugh Wow! Now,
1: a, now after oh. after that, right? So then, after that, you you uh, you go on, you win the UFC belt, um, you, you know you you win the UFC belt, and then your first you you, you fight uh you fight uh Randy Couture, which is your last fight at two hundred five. I, I watched that fight last night. You were beating Randy, pretty bad. The first two rounds, you you had Randy. Out. I whooped his ass. Yeah. I was whooping his
7: ass. Now, unlike Randy. Randy follows instructions and his game plan to the T. That's why I can't do nothing but say he is one of the greatest MMA fighters I've ever had the pleasure of losing to. Because he follows his game plan. His game plan was to get close to Kevin Randleman and take him down. And our game plan was to beat him up on our feet. When the third round had, when the third round began, Mark said, "Good, Kevin, just keep going." I said, "Man." That. I'm gonna go out there and see how good he is wrestling. He said, and I remember walking away from there and he said, no! And when I went back to the, I just remember when it was over and I went back, he said, why the f- did you try and wrestle him? What the f- why didn't you listen to me? And I'm like, f-. I'm sitting there going, yeah, you're right, <laughs> you no. Know, I, I don't cry over spill milk. I, 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 I gotta see my glass half full every single time I do anything. You know, because um, if I didn't, I would probably put a gun in my mouth, or uh, I would have
1: already. Kevin, so, Kevin, you're one of the best fighters of all time, one of the best wrestlers of all time, most entertaining to watch. I mean, so you have nothing to feel bad about. You, you, you've accomplished more than point, than, than 99.99999, and keep you know times that by a million. So, uh, I'm, seriously, uh, your 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 uh, Chuck Liddell fight. Did you underestimate his power?
7: Hell no, I didn't underestimate his power. Hell no. When we were fighting, he was on the cage, and I threw a body blow, and I, he went, oh. So I was like, oh, shit. I want to f- again. I just think my hands are good, but they're not better than, than, than a lot of people's. So I got off the fence, and when I was boxing, the guy said, stop dropping your hand when you come in. And sure enough, as I, when I watched that fight, I came in, and I dropped it, and he, he hit me perfectly. And that was it. I, I knew Chuck long before we fought. And I knew we would fight eventually if we were in the same weight class. So obviously, you know, we're friends before, and we were friends before, during and after. Yeah. The great thing about MMA is you can have beefs. You can be mad as hell. Now, I'll squash my beef with Tito if I get to touch him. <laughs> if I get to <laughs> put my hands in his face and try and crack that f***ing egg on the top of his head. Wow. So, <laughs> Because Humpty won't get pulled back together again. So when I fought Chuck, I don't underestimate one person I fight. Everyone I fight in the street, out off in the cage, out of the cage, I give them all one thing and one possibility, and that's they're a man and they can beat me with one punch. Yeah. And Chuck Liddell, obviously, fucking hundred percent, you get
1: beat with one, and I got beat with one. But did did that uh, weight cut hurt you? You think?
7: now nah, dude. Listen, when I was a heavyweight champion, I was only weighing ninety, hundred ninety nine pounds. I used to go to weigh, I used to go to weigh-ins with with ten pound ankle on my on my on my ankles. Wow. So that I could weigh two twenty something. So then when I was fighting Bob Srooten, Bob Srooten's corner said make him take off his clothes. I would wear overalls. I love wearing overalls because I'm from Ohio, Midwest. You know, farmers and shit So I would love wearing overalls My wife can't stand them So I can't even wear them before, And I'm pissed about that So So I bought a pair of overalls And she threw the out I'm pissed So So when, when we were at the weigh-in this, their, His corner said Make him take his clothes off And I'm like Why? I'm a And they said Take them off And then, then the official said Take them off So You know I don't mind being the butt of any joke I don't mind being joked on so I sat down right there in the front row and took my ankle weights off, hoping no one saw them. And I said, <laughs> what are those? I said, what are those? I said, ankle weights. What? How much they weigh? 10 pounds a piece. 10 pounds and I got on the scale like 203, 204 or something. So that was the joke, you know. I'm trying to be bigger to, to mentally for people. And then they took that, and they, they made me the butt
1: of that joke. So that was—I found that very funny. Now that is funny, and and you—you you know what? I'm gonna keep roasting you. You keep asking me to roast you. You're, you're one of these guys I, I respect so much. It's hard to—I'm not—I'm—but I'm, I'm going to. And now now talking to you, I got a lot of things. Now uh, as far as um, as far as uh, one of your fights, I want to talk about cool is that when you lost to Rampage, it was a great fight. You lose to Rampage, and then Vanderlei Silva comes in after the uh, comes in the ring to fight Rampage after the fight, and you still had Rampage's back even after he had just beaten you. I thought that was pretty damn
7: cool. Now, you guys, this is... You ever heard of six degrees of separation? Yeah. Well, I am the three percent of... I'm three percent of separation. Three degrees. Because when I fought Boss Rootin, Quentin Jackson and I met each other for the first time. He wasn't even in the game. And we took a long walk down in Alabama, up and down the streets, just talking about everything. And I said, hey, I said, we even said it then. One day we might have to fight each other. So what? We're going to be boys regardless of what happens. And then when then Clinton and I talked before that pride fight, and he said, man, I think they want us to fight each other. I said, "Quentin, this is a f***ing business. And if we fight each other, we're going to give each other the best We're going to give this crowd the best f***ing fight we can give them. And make sure you make them motherfuckers pay you the same amount they're paying me. And then after that, we said, we were talking, you know, it's a business. And if you don't sell yourself, who the hell is going to want to buy you? Right. So after that, you know, it's just when Quentin and I see each other, we smack each other in the face. We don't give hugs and love. We smack each other in the face until we're like, all right, that's enough. <laughs> <All> right. <laughs> but, but black on black crime. You know, that's why we made we you pump up a fight to make it real. But we liked each other but before that fight I wanted to knock his ass out. Yeah. <laughs> and the night before the night before the fight when we were weighing in, I cut twenty two pounds. I get, I got to Japan weighing two hundred and twenty four pounds and I cut like twenty some pounds in seven hours. So I made weight. I was like two pounds under. Green got on and he was a little over. And Mark was like, well, get slip that song, get working out. I said, fuck it, dude, let's go eat. And Mark was like, no, man. I'm like, listen, that extra half a pound or whatever ain't going to mean shit. If he's going to win, he's going to win. I don't look at shit like that. But, I mean, I lost the fight, but it's not because he fucking didn't lose that extra pound. It was because I went out and ate and fucking gained 32 pounds. I woke up the next morning weighing 234 pounds. Were you were you surprised that he was able to de- uh,
1: defend some of your
7: takedowns? Hell no, not at all. When you look at that fight, I shot the worst shots of my life. I was shooting the shots way out instead of trying to punch my way in, and uh, that's it. He's got a great game plan, and Clinton Jackson's hard to take down. Yeah, um, he's not easy to take down because one. When- Not because he's African-American, just because he's athletic. He's got those fast twitch muscles, which he could react to my speed and get back. And the funniest thing about it, fellas, is I lost a day fighting Quentin Jackson. What do you mean? I'm glad you asked. (laughs) When we fought, when he knocked me out, I woke up in the bars at 3 something in the morning with my friends and I was just all, I don't I don't remember a thing. I still don't remember the fight. I don't remember the day of the fight. And when I watch the fight, sometimes little fragments of the fight and that day come back, but it's like it's like a dream. I don't remember that fight and every time I watch it, it's like I'm watching it for the first fucking time. Wow. It's the one it's one of those things that is fucking absolutely amazing for me and I love it. So some days when I just want to get a little like some days I'm just weird and crazy, and I just like let me look at that fight, but like I can't believe that shit. Boom! But I remember when I woke up in Rapunghi, I was like, "Whoa, what That's the?" A- f-? Mark looked at me and said, "What the? F-? Are you just waking up from the fight?" I said, "Who won? He said, "Not you." <laughs> oh my god! So you're just on uh, autopilot? Uh, I was on autopilot.
3: Damn. That is crazy.
2: Does <laughs>
1: that ever happen to you, Jake?
2: No, uh, no, it hasn't. Now, now we
1: gotta ask you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jake. <laughs> Thank God. The, 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 they, uh, don't call him the best color commentator for nothing. You know, um, <laughs> Is
2: that be a no. I, 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 just, I can't, I can't relate. That's that's crazy. Wow.
1: Now we have to ask about your fight against Fedor. Uh, that's probably one of the most watched things I've ever anybody's ever seen. <laughs> You know, were you surprised that Fedor was able to recover from your huge slam? No, his, no. Not at all. Do you know how many guys survived that slam in practice? I don't know
3: how many. All of them. Oh, they all do. Did that look like it would have paralyzed, like a a normal human being would have been paralyzed or killed from that? Yeah, it it seems.
7: (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, Quad's camp, he messed his ribs up in that fight from that slam, but it wasn't his neck, it was a rib. Wow. I found that out later. But going into that fight, I had just lost my dad a couple of weeks earlier. And Fader said, you know, he reached out to me and said, hey, we don't have to fight. You know, I understand all this, you know, because Fader and I were friends a long time before this. And uh, he reached out to me and said, no, we don't need to fight. And I said, no, f- that show's got to go on. You hear that, Tito? Motherfucking <laughs> soldier, soldier up and fight through pain. You're a f- ass motherfucker. You don't decide You be what you were called. Motherfucker. Hmm. Comes back to Tito. Oh, man. <laughs> Everything goes back to that bitch. Because when I think about all these young fighters that go out there and perform like f***ing cheese, Ellenberger, all these guys, I look up to them because they hard. They hard and they're respectful. Tito Ortiz, he is none of them. He's not hard and he ain't respectful. I respect those that respect the game and respect the fame that comes with the game. He don't. Do you have any questions for Jake Ellenberger?
2: Oh, wow. Amazing. Is he
1: there? Yeah. Do you, do you have any questions for Jake Ellenberger, by the way?
2: Do I? Yes. When's your next fight? <laughs> uh, April 26th at, uh, in Baltimore.
7: Who are you banging with?
2: Uh, a guy, Tarek Saffordine, kickboxer.
7: <laughs> too bad for Too bad for that guy. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. If that, now, if that leg comes off the ground, he's a he's a he's a he's a dead man. <laughs>
1: now, now, Kevin, I, I I remember at the MMA awards I I met you uh, and you were asking John Jones to to uh, train with you. You were like, hey, John, if you uh, you need sparring, let me know for Rashad and for the Rashad fight. Did he ever hit you up with that or, or uh, did he ever take you up?
7: Um. Actually, Jared Jones doesn't need any help without preparing for, for anybody. Um, you know, I'm one of those guys that, like, I don't care if someone calls me. I saw those Santos before one of his fights, like the King fight. I mean, I just give, I, knowledge is power and help. All my knowledge came free. Everyone gave it to me free. Coaches trained me for free, showed me little things. The Gracie's have worked with me. I've worked with a lot of guys, and that was all free. So I really felt like a piece of shit trying to get paid for it. So I just said, hey, if you need some help, you know, because Rashad and I are about the same height, and I'm quick. Rashad's quick. I said, let's do it. But he didn't need my help for that one.
1: Right. I I, I, don't, I don't know why people wouldn't need your help. It seems like uh, you, you bring a lot to the table. Um
7: yeah now
1: uh also uh and then and then finally uh oh no hello hello
7: yeah
1: are you you okay hello did
2: you see tito i think we lost him
0: (laughs) yeah i think we lost
3: Uh,
2: we lost kevin
1: god good interview so far what do you think
3: hell yeah dude this is uh, to me it's the most (laughs) entertaining i love his passion (laughs) yeah (laughs) I love
0: him going TJ, what on. DJ, what do you... I heard a, oh, no, and then the phone goes dead. So I don't know what's going on. What you, I think what Tito do you, found it. What him. are your thoughts on this interview? So <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I yeah. think he's um, tied, he tied with Baroni for he most of the uh, right. For sure. I keep seeing <laughs> look over the I side. know. I keep looking at the time going, I'm sorry, guys. I got to bleep it. I got to bleep it.
1: All right. So we got disconnected with Kevin Randleman. Uh, however, that was one of my favorite interviews of I all think, time. I think
3: Tito might have found it. That's how you're disconnected.
1: Yes. But that was... Hilarious! What an amazing Dude, guest.
3: I love that guy.
1: Yeah, I had no yeah. idea that Kevin Rallman was was, was going to be like that, but I am thrilled. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's definitely talking about keeping it real. Quite an intimidating guy too. <laughs> he's like
2: he's like the Mike Tyson. <laughs>
1: in Hell MMA. yeah you know what I mean. Tyson back in, in the 80s Tyson, not Tyson yes, now. Yes. I mean, yeah, he's 88, 89 Tyson. Oh my god. <laughs> a very intimidating guy. Not a guy I would I would yeah. ever want to have on my, my bad side. Uh so, Kevin Randleman, you're allowed to come on our show anytime you want. Uh every time. Anytime. The Kevin Randleman hour.
7: Oh, uh, <laughs> Kevin Randleman to studio. Erdogan.
1: I want to come to studio, definitely. <laughs> I, I might need some kind of a barbed wire or something. <laughs> but, Chicken but, wire. <laughs> Wait, well, oh 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 he 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 he's he's saying call me back, Jack. We, all right, so we have to call all right, let's call, let's call him back. I'm I'm definitely not <laughs> What time Randleman, do you need to leave? In like 10 minutes? You can stay okay. for the rest of the Kevin Randleman. All right, so we're calling him back right now. Uh I uh, Yes, we're calling Kevin Randleman back. Hey, Kevin Randleman. Can you hear me? Yes, yes, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Hello.
7: Yes, I can hear
1: you. Okay, cool. All right, so Kevin, we're just finishing up the uh the interview, which has been great so far, one of my favorite ever, if if not my favorite ever. We got to get one with uh, you, Phil Baroni, and, and Hector Lombard. And Hector Lombard on the same show, and, uh, that would be amazing. <laughs> no. is, is everything okay? Or, or did you go back to therapy? Or, or what what happened? <laughs>
7: I'm, I'm I'm in therapy 24
1: hours a day. Okay, cool. Now, I was, now I was looking at your uh your staff infection, which might have been the worst one I've ever seen. Oh, my god, that was looks like it looked like it was a giant hole in his, in his rib cage. It looked like a cannon like <laughs> like landed in your rib cage. And you said you got that when you were training in Vin Diesel's garage? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yes. Now, are you in Vin Diesel friends or how did that happen?
7: Um, I think a lot of people would love to be Vin Diesel's friends. Uh, I, I'm happy to say that I'm at least one of his acquaintances.
1: Now, were you his bodyguard, or, or were you just training in his? I mean, how did you and Vin, how did you and Vin Diesel link up?
7: Uh, Vin Diesel don't need a bodyguard fellas. Vin Diesel can fucking do his own job. Trust me, he'll probably beat the shit out of Tito Ortiz himself. <laughs>
3: Uh, he he goes back to Tito Ortiz yeah. more than you go back to vagina questions oh my god wait yeah, but,
1: <laughs> but, it was, but it was you and Rico Rodriguez
7: and Rico I'm, right I'm, yeah Rico Rodriguez was in California and um my wife and I, I drove out to because you know Rico asked us to come out and chill and, and, and meet the internet so we went out and got to meet Vin and, and a lot of his friends and a lot of his family absolutely top notch guy um when you meet out, it's like, "Jeez, will he be an asshole or whatever?" Ben Diesel is grounded. He is grounded, and there, you know, he's never going to get a big head like you keto. Know, he's going to be, he would be Ben Diesel, a very good guy. And I'm sorry for the loss of Ben Diesel and his, uh, you know, uh, uh, losing his boy no like that. But Ben Diesel was a great guy. We were in the garage. Uh, Rico and I were in the garage, and we were just kind of messing around, and um. I had been training for a fight and I don't block my, I don't block my body because I train, I do a lot of sit-ups. I got like, I got, I, I, I train my body to be able to take kicks and stuff. So while I'm spying with people, I was getting kicked in the ribs and I wasn't blocking, I was blocking my head. So I'm standing there and I'm kind of, we're both kind of messing with my wife and Rico throws a kick without a shin pad on. And when you throw a kick, it's bone—it's bone trying to touch bone. And when he kicked me, he kicked me in that little—and there was a lot of blood where everyone was kicking me—and it was been a week since I saw so it was coagulated. So when Rico kicked me, his shin bone touched my rib cage, and it cut that bag and that bag of coagulated dead blood in half. Ugh. No blood just went straight into my muscles, went into my shoulder. And as soon as he kicked me, I threw up on Ben Diesel's <laughs> garage floor. Mm. And uh, my wife knew right then that I was fucked. She knew I was screwed. And uh, we got home that night. I had a fever. My fever went straight to like 103. The next day it was still 103. And the next day it got to 105. And like by the fourth day, I was on my way to the hospital. And uh, my buddy, if it wasn't for my friend not following my wife's directions, I'd be dead. And and then I'm not and I'm not exaggerating this. We went to the wrong hospital, and if I would have went to the right hospital, they would have gave me they would have took the X-rays and stuff and sent me home. Where if I went to sleep one more time, I would never woke up because I was going septic. So uh, my friend went God bless his heart. He got the directions wrong. Took me to the wrong hospital. So when I was in this hospital. They were just working tests on me, and then I just kind of went into a a coma. And I woke up with my right chest. The whole entire pec cut completely off. My my chest looked like Trey telling me, Like my whole right pec was gone. They had to cut my whole entire right leg off and some of my shoulder muscle. So when I woke up and looked in the mirror and saw that they cut off my freaking right tit, I was pissed. (laughs) I was looking for the doctor that did it. I was ready to kick his ass.
1: The doctor was Tito. <laughs> oh oh man. That's uh calling Dr. Ortiz. Well, I well, you know what, man? You you, you you live through it. You are you're not a quitter, man. You are you're a survivor and uh and, and and you're a legend. And uh Kevin Randleman, thank you so much for coming on our show. Uh you have no idea how much of an honor it is to to, to talk to you and have you on the show. And I would let any way that any time you ever want to come on the show again, you have uh Open door. I, I, have, I have a really good feeling you're going to be our
7: new favorite guest. We amongst, want to become
2: in studio. Yes.
7: So <laughs> I, have, I get that a lot. I get that so, a lot. And I like being colorful. Not just because I'm a black man, but I like being colorful, baby, you know? Uh, yes. You. <laughs> uh,
1: oh, yes. Absolutely. So thank you so much, man. And uh, good luck with everything. And I hope to talk to you soon.
7: Good luck to you. Uh, hey, Jake. Good luck in your fight, man. I really Great. do like watching you fight you. One of them hardcore you a hardcore, you're a hardcore fighter, and one of my favorites. I like hardcore guys. Reminds me of me when I when I was fighting. Oh,
2: thank you, man. No, it's a, it's a, it's an honor. It's a pleasure to talk to you.
7: Always, man. It. God bless you, baby. Keep it real. <laughs> you know it, hey everybody. <laughs> if you're not, if you don't realize it now, some little butthead out there has got my name, Kevin Random, in it, and he won't give it to me no matter how much I pay him. So my Twitter is dumbmonster monster underscore.
1: Nice. Follow him. Follow him. Our next guest, uh, we've been trying to get him for for weeks. Uh, I'm I'm, fi- I'm glad he's finally here. He's he's a badass badass fighter. Uh, he, he's he's got a big fight coming up. He's just coming off a huge victory over Pat Barry, so are the Hulk. How are you, man?
8: Uh, good man, good. I'm not bad a uh, badass, but uh, <laughs> <laughs>
1: but
8: I uh, just fight. That's it. <laughs>
1: no, you're on with me and uh, and uh, Jake Ellenberger.
8: Um, yeah, hey, going?
1: Good. How are you,
2: man?
8: Yeah, good, good. Just um, just finished uh, doing a session, so uh, first session for today, and i uh, got another three to go, so...
2: you
1: got, you you're doing four sessions a day?
8: Yeah, I normally uh, do a, a swim in the morning, uh, like a six o'clock swim, and then uh, I spar, I do a, like, you know, my sparring sessions around um 11, 12 o'clock, and then I sleep, and then I do a 5.30... Conditioning session and a four thirty conditioning session and then a seven thirty pads. Wow! So they're very different days, very different days. So,
1: I have the same workout regimen. Just so you know, I uh, I do the exact same thing. <laughs> now, now all your wins so uh, have been by knockout or submission. Uh, and I, I was I was I was reading up on you. I had no idea that you wrestled for Australia during the Sydney Olympics
8: no i i, I trialed for the um for the uh for the olympic team okay um well yeah I went for the the trial and um uh, and I just it's just a lot of politics involved um and uh i i you know when you go to trial you you know you win the trial and you go, yeah i'm in and then next thing you know that uh yeah a lot of politics involved there but uh you know to kind of put me off um you know, just you know the whole wrestling side of it, it you know um, I think there's politics and everything, I guess, but um, you know the wrestling in Australia was—it's just you know, a lot of politics. Is, is
1: wait, so wait, so you, you wait, so you won the Olympic trials, but they didn't put you on a team?
8: Yeah, I I, uh, I won my trials, and um, yeah, and I thought I actually made it through, and uh, but because the other guy has had more wrestlers throughout the year, um, so uh, yeah, so but you know you accumulate points. So I think, well, will you know, why do you had trials for it? It's all good.
1: It's <laughs> the stupidest thing I've ever heard. I mean, if, if you win the trials, you yeah. should be in the Olympics. I don't know. What is this point? Nonsense.
8: Yeah. What is this? What is
1: this? That's all Na- good. But, um, is
8: this NASCAR? But NASCAR.
1: Yeah. That makes no sense. Now, so, yeah, you're doing great right now. Uh, so you're 36 years old. You're also a uh, BJJ black belt, which I. I yep. Uh, who do you uh, train under?
8: Uh, well, I'm uh, behind the black belt under Dave Phillips. He's black uh, blackboard underneath uh, Pedro Sua and uh, Hicks and Gracie. So,
1: wow! So, yeah, see, see, I, I think a lot of people yeah, don't yeah. a lot of people don't re- don't realize your uh, your uh, ground game because you're so good at just punching people in, the, in like the face.
8: <laughs> they uh... yeah, I've been I've, I've been doing it for uh, years. I mean, I, I was in Brazil, um, uh, trying to stay in Brazil after the Abu Dhabi. In Brazil, and then uh, um, and that's where that's where I wrestled my first wrestle was against uh, Roy Nelson. So we go way back, way back, a long time. And then uh, then I went to uh, spend some time in uh, in Hawaii with uh, BJ Penn, and uh, I was in Las Vegas with um, training over there and uh, Team Quest and the RAW Center when it used to be. You know, where everyone used to go to the RAW Center with Ricochet Borelli and that. So I've been in the game for a long, (laughs) long, long time. And I was in Japan and I stayed in Japan and, and uh, with uh, Yoshida's gym uh, with Nakamura and, and and all them guys trained out of uh, Inoki's gym with um, you know with uh, Sakuraba and and all them guys so yeah I've been around.
1: <laughs> wow, no, I mean, let's let's go back through some of that. How was your? How did you do against Roy Nelson?
8: It was um it, it was no score so uh, yeah there was no score and then it went into overtime and then. Uh, he, um, all he, cause he, he, he won by just advantage. So, he, uh, cause he kept on going for a takedown, but couldn't get the takedown. So, and then, um, cause he got like one takedown and got an advantage, but didn't get, a, but didn't get a takedown, but he just attempted. Oh, wow. So, so that was it. But, um, but yeah, it was, you know, it's, uh, it is what it is, but, you know, kind of brings us here to today. Eh?
1: <laughs> yeah. No, you've been, uh, I mean, you were, you were undefeated until, until Pride where you lost to, uh, to Choi Mubei. Until 2004, yep. and then you made it to the UFC, but you got cut in 2007 after uh, Eddie Sanchez, and now you're back um, seven years later, which, I mean, that's, a lot of people get cut from the UFC and never make it back. It says a lot about, you, yeah. about, you, about your hard work and uh, persistence. I remember um, Sean McCorkle, when you fought McCorkle, told me how tough you were, because he, like, he was like, dude, a lot of people sleep on, uh, dude, a lot of people, they uh, sleep on Soul of the Hulk. They don't realize how strong of a guy he is.
8: Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's I think it's just um positioning and, and I know like, you know, Sh- you know Sean McCorkle had a had a good he had a good campus. Well, I mean his, his, his the guy in his in his corner was um uh oh, yeah, calling the bear, but um, he has been in the game for a long time. T- Tom Erickson and stuff, and Tom Erickson?
1: Yeah, right. Yeah.
8: yeah, yeah. And and um yeah, and, and he was saying that they were defended the takedown, but I think it's um yeah i I, I've been in the game for a long time, so I kind of know, you know, um, and work on my strength. And if it, and if it was to stand up, it, it didn't really bother me because it's, you know, um, my I think my stand up is is is, is good. I, I reckon it's good, but you know, and I haven't had a chance to kind of show my stand up skills. But um, but yeah, it's um, you know, it is what it is. <laughs>
1: do you think Do you think the Bob Sap fight actually hurt you because he gave up so quickly?
8: Um, I just, I didn't like, um, I just, you know, he'd come forward and, and I threw it up, cut him, cut him up and, and then, uh, you know, I thought, oh, I didn't know. <laughs> and then he just went down, but, uh, you know, I know, like, you know, Bob is known for the of you know, the antics and stuff, but, you know, I, I just treat every opponent as, as, uh, you know, I know I'm, I'm going to go in there for a war, so I've got to make sure I'm prepared uh, right. for a war.
1: Now your last your last fight, I mean, how how did you uh how crazy was that with Pat Barry? I mean was that the I mean was that the game plan just take him down and pound him out? Did you think that uh were, were like you surprised, like how uh, quick you beat him?
8: Yeah, well I for that camp I had a lot of guys like, you know, a lot of, a lot of Muay Thai guys. Um kind of, you know, did a lot of stand up. Um so worked on a lot of the stand up. Uh, and then I, I did some camp over with Mark Hunt, so I knew he, Pat to hit harder than Mark um, and some of the guys I was training with. But, um, I mean, Pat can, you know, we've been four-ounce gloves, you know, anything can happen. And Pat's been in some wars and, he, you know, I respect him as a fighter and a kickboxer because he's got some heavy, heavy kicks. And I knew he was going to kick, so he kicked twice and, and I kind of evaded it. And still, you know, I just kept composure and usually uh, uh, I went for the first takedown and, um, you know, and, and, that, and that didn't happen. I think usually sometimes when, when guys go for a takedown and it doesn't happen, it's stuff that kind of gets you know, maybe flustered, but I just kept kept cool and kept kept focused on what, what I needed to do, so I, I think, you know, getting getting that win and, and trying to um, the way I, I wanted to get it, it's, it's about winning. It's not about, like, you know, yeah, we can stand there toe-to-toe, but um, and then, yeah, let's please the crowd, but I, I think it's all about winning, you know. Yeah. And, um, and I mean, I, I, and I did win and kind of a good fashion, but um, it's just the way I it's just the way I do, I do things, I guess.
1: No, it was it was awesome. I was, uh, I, was I was I was really impressed. You know, I have been following you on Twitter and like, you know, I mean, your name is So the Hulk, which uh, I mean, it, it's it's just uh, it's a pretty cool pretty cool nickname. Um,
2: it's fitting.
1: It's very very it's very fitting. You are you're very, you're a very you are very very scary guy. Actually, when I when I talked to you on the phone. You sound a lot different. I expected just some guy go, you know, some kind of Hulk smash or something. But,
4: um,
1: <laughs> yeah. I had, uh, yeah. So, now, your last loss was to Cormier, and I, I went and uh re-watched that fight. I thought it was co- kind of a quick stoppage, no? Yeah,
8: because uh, I got, um, and, it, I mean, and it wasn't uh, deliberate, like, um, you got eye gouged, but, you know, um you know, it's, it's, um, but I could I just couldn't see out of my eye, and, yeah, and then the other eyelid um, it cut, it, like cut on my eyelid. So, um, so I was just calling out the ref. But you know, it is what it is. Like, it, it, you didn't do it deliberately, it's just a, one of them incidents that it just happens. You know. It, um, but you know, it's it's um, you know Cormie is a man. He's a, he's a tough opponent, whether he's back then or now. So you gonna fight him I mean you don't become captain of the American <laughs> wrestling team uh, you know, standing at the bus stop so. did you have
1: any did you have any yeah. idea how good Cormier was going to be back then
8: yeah absolutely like he came in and, and grabbed my and went for a single leg and then um, next thing I'm, next thing <laughs> next thing you know I'm like <laughs> I'm looking at, this, uh, look at the, the canvas and it was so quick how we um, yeah how we took it down but then I kind of got back up I thought, wow, this guy's good. <laughs> and then, you know, just obviously kind of watching all these wrestling stuff, and I think, wow, this guy's going to be something. Um, he's going to tear through the division yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah, no, and especially now at, at like two hundred five, he went down from a uh, D to a B cup. Uh, do you think yeah. he? <laughs> how do you think he's going to do against John Jones?
8: I think he may be the only one that he may he may be the one that that can beat John Jones. I think if, if, uh, if Tech Zero gets in close and, and, and throws um, but then again that's what you got to do you've got to get in um, to throw your punches at John Jones you know because John's just lanky and just long and he can use his range so good uh, to you know he hit you and then invades invade your strike so um, I think um, Cormier kind of use a lot of his wrestling to, to grind it the five, five rounds you know so uh, but um, and try to get in close and and keep coming and pressuring forward, so... But, um... I think he might be the one that, to beat him, um... As a Teixeira, I think, um... I think that'd be a good fight. I think, you know, Teixeira can win, but I just think he needs to get in, get in really close. You think if he gets in close, he can do some damage, but... Listen, yeah, with all fighters, you just got to get in close. I think, um, Like, when you've seen uh, Alexander, he... he it's a perfect fight for Alexander, because they're both tall and, and long, so... And that's why it was a close fight.
1: Yeah, he matched up really good. I mean, that's yeah. the thing. It's like Jones has the advantage against against Cormier with obviously with distance, but Cormier has that that wrestling, and he also has that power. You look at the guys who he's, he's you know knocking out Bigfoot Silva, you know. Yeah. So you could, if a guy can knock out Bigfoot Silva, imagine what he would do to a two hundred five pounder, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Now I gotta I gotta I gotta ask you a question from uh, Rabid Bunyip on the uh, UG. He says that you have uh, some great bouncing stories at Metropolis. <laughs>
8: uh, there's, yeah, that was back in the days. Um, yeah, we used to punch on with everyone <laughs> with all the all the gangsters that used to come in and it uh, yeah, it's been shot at a few times and <laughs> but um, but yeah, they was back in the days, but yeah.
1: So you got into a lot of fights back, back
8: then? Back. Well you just get Back then, it was like you know you got a lot of the people, you know, a lot of gangsters and stuff used to come in and and try to throw their weight around, um, but because we, we just stood our ground and, and you know um would, you know then we used to get like one one time we got you know I got shot at once <laughs> and then we're just like ducking and weaving and I'm thinking whoa that was close <laughs> wow
1: so um now are you uh, married? You have a girlfriend? What's the deal?
8: Yeah, mate, no, I've got kids that got like uh, uh You don't know how many kids you have? How many kids? Yeah. yeah I'm just thinking. <laughs> three kids i <laughs> got uh, they're fifteen, and fourteen, and uh and, and seventeen
1: yeah. Nice. Now, I mean you're, you're, you're now you're I mean you a guy like So the Hulk who's a fighter in Australia, you must have a smoking hot wife, correct?
8: <laughs> uh no comment.
1: You can't tell me if your wife's hot? I mean come on, what
8: really? <laughs> That's my business. That's your business. <laughs> no, no, it's, um, you know, I've got, a, I've got a good life, you know, my, I've got an awesome life, so it's, um, you know, I can't get any better than that, you know, my kids, my two oldest girls, they're, they're swimming, so, and, and they compete in swimming, and, uh, and they're only 14, 15, so, they are you know, you know, trying to make some national times, you know, to, eventually, one day, they want their dreams to, uh, compete in the Olympics, so, for swimming, so, and they train morning and night, so, and I swim, um, you know, three to four times a week, and but they swim five o'clock in the morning, and then they swim at, at nighttime as well. So it, it's crazy how, how how much they swim. But you know, that's that's what you want to do, and this is what I want to do. invite me, I'll do on. So,
1: wow! Yeah. Well, con- con- congratulations. Uh, now, back in the day, were you just the man though when it came to like picking up chicks in Australia? Because Australian women are pretty aggressive. I've 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 had a couple in my life. Uh, they're they're super hot smoking and they seem to know what they want. So was it like Hulk Smash back in the day?
8: Hulk Smash. <laughs> nah, I was I was I was pretty good. Like you know, cause I was good when I was uh, back in the days. Like um, you know, it was just uh, mainly kind of training because I was playing rugby at the time as well. And I, I pretty much did a lot of things. A sport kind of consumed a lot of a lot of my whole career. Like I was doing something. I was doing you know, personal training people or kind of uh yeah doing things that uh yeah that you know traveling and 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 competing and whether it's jujitsu submission wrestling or whatever you know i try to get my fingers in everything
1: nice well that's uh that's what i was asking you about putting your fingers and stuff but 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 yeah that's great man (laughs) nice work well hulk uh uh so uh, man you you seem like you uh you seem like a real upstanding guy, man, a super, super positive guy. I got one,
0: I got one question uh, for, sure. for for Soa. So so um, we were debating earlier about just like around the world and training and, you know, some people in some places aren't able to um, get a high level or caliber of training partner. Um, can you talk about that in, in Australia? Do you find that it's um, harder to find um, top level um training partners or do you, do you travel a lot where to, to find those, those partners?
8: I, I do travel a lot, but, um, but, uh, I, I do make do what I have in, 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 Perth. Um, this, this camp I'm going to do, uh, for this fight, um, heading over to, to do a camp with, uh, AKA. So, um, and that's over in Thailand and, in, in you know, in their Thailand, uh, facility. So, um, just want to kind of get my, you know, sharpen up my, my, my stand-up and stuff like that and, and keep it, you know, keep, keep it sharp. But the, the guys that I have here, I, I improvise because I, I really know the, the, the training and stuff because I've been around for so long that what they do in America anyway. So I get a group of guys together. And a lot of the stand-up guys in, in Australia are pretty good with the boxing and, and kickboxing as well. So, um, you know, and the wrestling side of it, I've got to, you know, actually go to different places where I can get, the, get good wrestling over, in, over in, in Australia, but, um, apart from that, you know, and you got, back then it was hard. Now it's, it's a little bit easier now because you've got like guys from, you know, of like, so many jujitsu gyms and Brazilians over here now are starting up gyms. So it's really easy to kind of hop into a gym and then, you know, wrestle, you know, a few, a few guys there and stuff like that. So
1: Okay. Uh, and then final question. Um, you're fighting Ruan Potts at UFC fight night. Uh, Who is this guy? What do you know about
8: him? Um, He's um, you know, obviously from he's he's from South Africa. He's the UFC champion over there, and um, I've watched some of his stuff, and he's you know he's good. He's like his stand up is good. His ground game is real tight. Um, He's going to be tough. I mean, he can go the five rounds if it needs to be. So, but it's only three rounds, so you know he's fit. So it's going to be a good fight. Good fight for, for both of us. A good fight for him. Because, I mean, he's the win but um, I, you know, I, I respect all my opponents, man. So you know, he you know he's in there with a the puncher's chance as well, so I've got to just make sure that um, he's going to be in there to, to impress as well. It's his first UFC fight, so whether we get the jitters or not, uh, UFC jitters, you know, it's a big step. But we'll see what happens. But you know, I'll make sure that um, you know I cover all bases. I've got my coaches, good coaches that are that are going through his tapes and, and, and stuff like that and trying to find his weaknesses and his good points as well. So, and try to work on, on, on stuff that we need to work on, uh, guess.
2: Nice.
1: Well, good luck. So, uh, man, uh, thanks for coming on the show. It was a pleasure to have you on the show. You're, you're a veteran. You've been around for a long time and, uh, it's good to see that you're getting some of the credits that you deserve.
8: Have Me on. And just, uh, yeah, thank you.
1: Thank you, brother. Thanks, take, brother. Take care.
8: Thanks, sir. All right.
1: That well, that was Sowa the Hulk. What a nice guy. Good guy. Good, good guy. guy. Australians are always uh, really good people. They're always very down to earth and charming. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so thank you, Sowa, for coming on. So let's talk about um, some issues. Crazy week last week. So... I guess Nevada had some big hearing where they said that fighters can't take TRT. Uh, and then the next day, Vitor Belfort pulls out of his fight, which Matt Brown then said, uh, hey, one day you can't take TRT. The next day, Belfort, is is MMA Roasted running this <laughs> UFC Twitter account? It was it, – it, it seemed crazy. It seemed – and then yeah. – supposedly I, I remember being at the mma awards he literally got off the plane and got tested It took mm-hmm. him right to the testing but now he doesn't have to disclose the test results because uh, because it doesn't matter anymore do you and know,
2: was he tested by the commission or do you know who he was tested i by? think the
1: commission tested mm-hmm. him okay so now he's out of the fight and machita's fighting chris weidman at mm-hmm. ufc 173 uh, now how do you like that fight jake
2: I, I like the well to, to go back to the Belford Belfort thing. It's it's interesting though how how it's going to affect him psychologically. You know what I mean? Like now he wants these whatever six months to train with you know not on the TRT. It's you know it's going to be interesting to see how he comes back from that. But no, I think I think Machida is a he, he's a good he's definitely a good replacement. He's always exciting. Um, kind of brings some new you know unpredictable strategy to the table. It's almost but, uh, like
1: I think that Belfort is more dangerous in one round against Chris Weidman, but Machida in a five-round fight is more dangerous. Because I feel like Belfort can be broken. Um, And if you can outlast him for a round or two, he gets sort of tired and frustrated and kind of mentally falls apart, kind of. And whereas Machida is not going to waste any energy and has that... It's really hard to get a guy to emulate what... The Machida is going to do in, in sparring. Mm-hmm. Who's he going to bring in? That's going to be hmm. Machida.
2: I mean, I mean Uriah Hall, maybe, or yeah, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think that with Weidman too, he's just going to fight how he always fights. He moves straight forward. You know, he's, he's tough. He's well rounded. He's he's going to he's going to go after him. So, but yeah, Machida is definitely <laughs> he's a puzzle to, to figure out.
1: Now, I think Chris is going to win. I think Weidman is going to take the belt.
2: Mm. Who do you think is going to win? Man, that's a good. Uh, I... Weidman can definitely take him down.
1: Is this politician Jake? I do yeah, I'm trying mean, to not an be so
2: simple.
1: It's it, it's uh, simple. One guy wins, one guy doesn't. I, I mean, no. I can,
2: wish I wish I could answer. Can you not say Machida because you train with him and therefore it would get back to no, him? No, not, that has no relevance on my answer whatsoever. Um, <sighs> it's, I don't know. It, it, Somebody has a gun to your Machida, head.
1: Somebody says, "Okay, you have to give me an answer. I have a gun to your head." You have to let me know who you think Chris Wyman or Machita I mean, no, look you're the guy that said Pat Cummings was going to be daniel
2: cormier uh, I, I said he he had it he he did he had a good chance,
1: and then you say g s p could beat Brock lesnar that which, was true 100%. which created a whole thing. we got to read that guy's thing by the way that that our our big fan uh the Boongish, mm-hmm. he he actually said that. That even though you admitted that you didn't have, have not taken crack or smoke crack, uh, your alcohol level has not been tested. Therefore, are you really drunk? Because <laughs> you know he still doesn't see how GSP is going to take Brock down, like you said. Yeah, he
2: should probably move out of his mom's basement anyway. But <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> I, if you had, to he put says you're one to of his favorite head. fighters. By the oh way. man, oh. Dang, now you're going to do that to me? Yeah, yeah. Now you're going to do that to me? Oh,
1: well, <laughs> I didn't know you were going to come back but live out of his mom's uh, basement. Uh, I'm just kidding. So. uh
2: no. Okay, so you, so you're still not gonna give me an answer? No, boom, gun to my head right now, Ugh. Machida. Not because I trained with him uh, three out of five rounds. Machida, how three out of five rounds? Yeah, just just being unpredictable, you know, mm. controlling that distance.
0: DJ. Wow. Ugh. No, I can't go against mm. the champ. I just think the I think he's they're here to stay for a while, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, Machida's looked very, very good, especially at this mm-hmm. weight class. But you know, and he's a tough nut to crack. But I just think Weidman, with his speed yeah. and agility, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. I think is able to close that gap and probably ends up knocking <laughs> that, out. That's Machida. really I think is going to be the equation: is closing that
2: gap. Can yeah. he close the gap? You know, because it's not a question. Can he take him down? Clearly, you know, he can take. He's taking some of the best guys down in the world, but. Can he close that gap? That that's going to really be the question. And and if he does take him down, he, you know, absolutely he can win this fight. Um, on the feet, it's just it's just a little more dangerous for him.
1: I mean, you also have to look at okay, you know, Machida. I mean, Weidman did have that one rough fight against uh, Damian Maya, where he came in with thirty pounds. But Machida, you know, did not look great against Dan Henderson in the first fight. Although uh, actually the only fight they fought. I mean, he 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 won, but it was pretty close. Phil Davis uh, fight, too. Phil Davis did not look very good in Phil Davis. I mean, mm. not, 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 not another fight that you could argue either guy won. I thought Phil Davis won, but a lot of people didn't think that. It was, I, could have been a draw. You know, he lost to John Jones. Yes, who hasn't lost to John Jones? But uh, he got knocked out by Shogun. The first fight against Shogun, uh, I thought Shogun won. I mean, he's, he's proved that he can be beat. And he's also mm-hmm. proved that there's a certain strategy to beat him. Chris Weidman still has that zero in the loss record. Doesn't want to lose that zero, mm-hmm. and also hasn't really, except for the Maya fight, has not shown any weaknesses. I mean, he's not, has not lost a round in the UFC. Mm-hmm. So,
2: well, and if you can also play the same factor, the experience Machida has, you know, he knocks out Randy Couture at the front kick. You know, the Munoz fight also hard to watch, but. You know, a high level wrestler. It's just you, you really don't. You know, you never know. So I'm just, I'm just saying. If you if you, if you put a gun to my head right now, uh, that's my answer. I, you know, I could I could pick both ways, and I could tell you why. But right now, that's just gun to gun to my head. That's my answer. All right. So we have to uh, no more guns to your head. Basically, that's it, that's the thing.
1: Okay. So other stuff though. So all right. So they're not going to have TRT, except that they're saying <laughs> that. Speaking of Dan Henderson, he's the last fighter in the UFC allowed to take TRT in his fight against Shogun in Brazil. I guess maybe because he's the first fighter ever. I, I'm not really sure why he's <laughs> the last, but he's allowed. He, he got the exemption. He got grandfathered or something. He got grandfathered in, which is he, he is a grandfather. So that's, that's so you know, like the he's last the last. Supper. Yeah, because he, he was at the Last Supper. Mm. I mean, so he's the last guy, which is weird that, that, that that's sort of the precedent. It sort of ends with Dan Henderson. Yeah. But now, being a fighter, Jake, is this really going to change the, the game? Are people going to find other ways around it?
2: Yeah, it's hard to say. You know, I I've never taken any testosterone, so I really don't know how it's going to like mentally affect these other guys. I think the biggest thing is, you know, regardless if they have these, you know, whether you make it legal or illegal, people are still going to do it. So I I don't think it's going to change a lot. You know, it's going to change. You know, the guys who have that exemption to know that they can consistently be on this, so they're probably going to get tested. Can they cycle
0: off of that just like they can like a steroid?
2: You know, I assume so. Uh, it, it, it you know, in a perfect world, I'm sure yeah. you could. But you know, I, again, I, I'm not experienced enough in that field, so I really don't know. To be our
1: guy's gonna go into Bellator, you think? Where they're allowed to? Uh, does that make <laughs> Bellator actually more are people like? Oh, we well, you know what Bellator is. I'm allowed to TRT in Bellator. Are we? Gonna, is Bellator gonna be the TRT
0: league?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's again, I, I
0: I haven't even thought about it. I don't know. It's hmm. one of those things. People always find a way to get around the system
2: mm-hmm.
0: and they'll yeah. continue to do it. They do it in all other sports. When
2: but I mean, MMA. like clearly you see all these guys who test positive for high level of testosterone or whatever, but it's, is that going to change, you know, them not taking it when they're training? I, I doubt it. You know what I mean? They just hope they're not going to get tested during training. Like you see all these guys who still will get on it and then whatever the cycle off or however they do it before the fight, you know, there's guys that still do it. That, you know that can get away with it, so I, I don't. I don't think it's going to change much.
1: Yeah. So Belfort says he needs 90 days to adjust to no TRT, which is weird because he's been on it since he was 90 days old. But uh, <laughs> so yeah. So Joe Rogan says he has a big announcement for women's MMA that he went on the I think it was the Kevin and Bean show, which is a popular show, and he has there's a big announcement, and everyone's wondering what this big announcement is. He said he couldn't say it, but it's going to make everyone explode. Um, <laughs> It would make me explode if it's going to be Ronda versus uh, uh, Gina Carano, literally. Uh, so that's what people are saying. People are, are wondering, what is what is this big news going to be? Mm. Is it going to be uh, Ronda's next opponent? Is it going to be Cyborg? Is it going to be Holly Holm? Is Gina Carano coming back? Is Ronda going to fight Carraway? Uh, what... <laughs> DJ, you're you work at Fox Sports. Yeah, we all yeah. work there, but you officially you you, you you're the inside guy. Can we, you give we, us anything? We've been here?
0: beating the bush over here and we haven't been able to find anything out. Really? Um but yeah, I mean we're we're just waiting. But I mean the, 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 the talk is, you know, can cyborg even get down to that weight and sustain.
1: Well since she walks around at yeah. one seventy, that's yeah. the word. One seventy. So that's thirty five pounds. That's a lot of weight yeah. for a woman.
0: And then recently uh, what for a home. man. Holly Holm came out and said, you know, I, I can't wait for my next adventure. You know, I'm, I'm ready mm-hmm. for the next step. Is she alluding to something? I mean, do we even think that Gina Carano is going to come back? I mean, I think I mean, that, th- we got to close the door on that one. I think she is firmly in Hollywood. But I know her movies are not doing that
1: well. I, I know her movies are – I mean, all it takes is one big hit. I and mean, a lot mm-hmm. of people are, movies aren't doing great. But I think the next – I heard from a reliable source her next couple movies are going right to video, which is still you know whatever it is what it is. Yeah, even even the movies she's already done, you know more she, movies you know that I'm doing,
2: right. you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: I mean, she's my, my movies, movies are, me. my movies are on Vine, but, <laughs> but at the same time, look if if the UFC says Gina Carano's back and gets a fight title fight against Ronda Rousey, that would not. I think be fair to the other girls in these mm-hmm. I yeah. and I think that would not as like maybe to the person who doesn't like MMA or doesn't know they. Oh my God, two hot girls fighting! But that's like you know Randy coming back and giving him a fight against against Cain. That Velasquez. sounds like a money grab. You know, I mean, come on, yeah. mm-hmm. right? I mean, yeah, I mean Gina Carano, if she comes, she's a great fighter mm-hmm. and put on some great fights and, and beat you know beat some top notch girls. Yeah, but you can't just. Leave a sport for three years and come back and get a title shot, right?
2: No, no. You would expect him to give her a fight before even considering the Ronda fight. But you know, for me, it's like why? Why even? You know, you got to ask yourself why you're coming back to the sport. I mean, she's clearly got a a career in the movies, and you know, is it for the attention? Is it? Do you think she? You know, she's on Ronda's level. You know, I don't think so. But again, it's it's a it's a buy. It's a pay per view buy. And Holly Holm, uh, while. Being the
1: future and being the best boxer in women's MMA, period. I mean, I think she was what, 37 and 1 as a boxer, a world champion boxer. And, you know, everyone that trains over at uh, Greg Jackson's, they swear by her. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, she's only fought on, you know, the Access TV fights. I mean, what, RFA and CFA? Mm-hmm. And there's a big difference between that and getting to the UFC and getting the champion. And, while I think I would like to see how Holly Holm does against, you know, um, I don't know uh, against, uh, you know, Jessica Jessica I, you know, how does how does Holly Holm do against against Sarah Kaufman? How does Holly do against do the, the Sarah Morris? I mean, how, how does how does she do against these girls? Cyborg, so, Cyborg. <laughs> I mean, Cyborg.
0: I think is too high of a level right now. But how does she her? should fight two or three more times? Yeah, in, and she got to fight two or three times in the UFC. To even 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 sniff the championship, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. So anyway. it's got it's got to be the big announcement. It has to be concerning cyborg because, and it's said cyborg hired Mike Dolce. But even that is that. I mean, Rogan is not the kind of guy to hype something. Mm-hmm. He's a pretty uh, Rogan's a very honest guy, and if he yeah. says something's going to set the world on fire in the world of MMA, it's got to be bigger than
0: cyborg saying she dropped to one thirty five. Well, it better be. Right? It better be. He's promising a big, big time announcement. Yeah, we've avoid we've avoided talking about it um, here at Fox just because it's not real and it's just it's just hype. So we want to just curb our enthusiasm before we jump into it.
1: Right. So that's that. Uh, what else? Uh, Cody McKenzie. Um, word is he retired from the UFC because he's going to make more money fishing. Mm. Uh, and this is according to Lazy the Savage. We have to get back on. By the way, uh, I like Lazy. Uh, so. And then, so that's, because someone said Cody McKenzie's no longer with the UFC, and then it was uh, one one of the threads on the underground, and then Cody goes, yeah, well, he decided to not come back because he wants to, he'll make three times as much money fishing. And then that uh, incited a debate on how much fishermen make for like, <laughs> uh, for like there was like 20 pages of people that knew people that fished and, and, and what season it would be and Alaskan fishing versus this fishing versus crabbing. It was one of those things that just kept going on. And, but <laughs> so I don't know. Uh,
2: have you trained with Cody? Do you know Cody? Yeah, no, I have. I've, <clears throat> I, I know Cody pretty well. I've, I've trained with him a few times. He's a funny guy. You know, he's a hard guy not to like, um, you know he's definitely had some tough fights in the UFC, but again he doesn't. I don't think he really took training. You know, ask any of his good friends, he they, they, they didn't really take training seriously. Like he lived in Vegas, you know, one of the better places to train, and he didn't have he didn't train at a gym because he didn't want to pay a membership. And it's like, well, really? <laughs> like you know, whether it's a hundred, you know, Couture, drives there's there's so many phenomenal gyms in Vegas, and so you know, it, to his. He kind of was. He didn't really take training
1: that
7: you're, seriously. But your job is
1: to be a UFC fighter. You're in the UFC. Your job is to be a fighter, mm-hmm. and you don't want to pay a
0: membership fee at a gym. I mean, how much are we talking? <laughs> just to st- give us some insight. Like when you're a UFC fighter, mm-hmm. how much are you paying for a gym? Well, it just depends. I mean, a lot, I mean, am I getting like a deal, like a fifty-nine dollar a month? You know, twelve month. You know, yeah, one month free? I mean, <laughs> every gym's a little
2: different. You know, some people. You know, a lot of a lot of fighters really. They won't pay at all, or they'll just, you know, maybe like a small percentage or whatever, you know, whatever their deal is. A percentage is. of their,
0: their appearance fee or their win?
2: Yeah, when they oh, fight, so. they'll pay a little mm-hmm. bit or, you know, they'll, they'll make a deal. But he, like, there, there's all these ways he could have negotiated a way to train at a gym, and, and he just chose to train in his garage, <laughs> which I've trained with him before in his garage. And that was, you know, we, we actually sparred on these little puzzle mats in his garage.
0: Really? No, yeah. With like a kid puzzle mat?
2: Yes.
1: How did that yes, go?
0: Yes.
2: Um, you know, I, it was one of those, hey man, let's, let's train. Like, and he wanted to spar like in the front yard. And I'm like, I, yeah, you just, yeah. Just, really? Yeah, yeah, really. And he wanted to spar in the front yard? Yeah, in the grass. <laughs> and I'm kind of like, eh, like, okay. Like we, we ended up, you know, we rolled and, and did more like MMA sparring, but, He's, he, but you and
1: him are in the front yard rolling around in the grass and people are driving past you going. Well, this oh, was on are, the puzzle mats the, in the garage. Is,
2: oh
0: in the garage. In the oh garage, oh yeah. you didn't
1: actually make it to the grass. No. That would be hilarious. Oh the garage
0: door open, people driving by. Yeah, yeah. That
1: can't be good <laughs> for the awesome. sport. Oh that, that's a UFC. <laughs> that guy's right number five, really? He's a, he's in my tell me get off my lawn right now. That's that's so you so you're in his garage, just you and him training mm. on a puzzle mat. Mm-hmm. Now are you guys like timing this are you guys doing exercises or are you just punching each other in the yeah, garage
2: no we like he, we have you set rounds so we're kind of like just just rolling uh submissions and, and, and a little bit of like striking on the ground and, and, and it will be in a good workout but this is like this is how he he'll just go find a workout like he'll find his buddy and they'll go spar in the front yard or something it's like <laughs> and I'm like this no like I can't yeah this that, can't be real So
1: the discipline wasn't there I mean, that let, was let's take like
2: an extreme or somewhere like you pay a hundred and twenty dollars a month or hundred fifty dollars you know unlimited training that's you just want to do it you know it's just like <laughs> it doesn't make sense to me, but it, it kind of proves the point you can't be you know you can't you can't train part you can't far, fight part time you know? no, you
0: can't especially
1: I mean it's like level. a hobby almost that exactly. you happen
0: to get paid a good good sum for.
1: So, well, best of luck to Cody McKenzie, whatever he ends up Great doing. Great guy,
2: yeah. Super funny guy. Uh, you know, all, the, all the, the best of luck to him in, in fishing and whatever he shooting. It's amazing he
1: got doing. so far. Imagine how, how, if he actually had a real you know a real training camp yeah. and a real workout regiment and a real diet how mm-hmm. far he could have went because you know everyone knows you know his move of the guillotine amazing move but that seemed to be like what you have to watch out for if you fight Cody McKenzie mm-hmm. and still i mean the guy beat Leonard Garcia he beat some top fighters he beat some some great fighters yeah. so you're just like wow i mean imagine if he would have actually taken it
2: seriously i uh, know it and it kind of just the last thing to add is just Shows how you need a, you need a head coach. You know you need somebody to tell you what to do because it's like a job. You know you go to your job, you're not going to do what you want to do when you go to work. Same thing with fighting. You shouldn't do what you want to do when you train. You know, what I mean, you have a coach to tell you what to do.
1: Same thing with comedy. I mean, you have to get up every night, try new jokes. You have to have a clean set. You have to have a dirty set. You have to have a ten-minute set. You got got a forty-five mm-hmm. minute set. You mm-hmm. have to have a new forty-five minutes. You have to always be working on new stuff. You have to know what to do, what to do when this heckler comes, or how to, uh, people are always going to try to blow you out of the thing. It's every any type of art form. There's a discipline involved, mm-hmm. and it's not just hey, I'm talented. Look at me. That only takes you so far. And, you know, a lot of times people think, you know, people, they slight me, oh, but, you know, they don't realize that, like, I've been doing this 15 years. You know, I started out, since New York City, giving out flyers every day for four years, begging people to come. And then living out of my car, basically, and having to beg people to come to shows. And and even now, I mean, constantly just, you know, work and work and work and work. And I can tell you how many shows I've been booed off of or kicked out of or asked to not come back. And you have to just you got to keep, keep going, keep going, keep going, working for, for peanuts. I mean, not even peanuts. I mean, the first eight years I didn't make a dollar. And then finally you just, you know, you, you get to a point where you get better and you get good and people want to see you. And then you get to the point where people, you're like, okay, wow. And then, and then all of a sudden people start insulting you, going, oh, this guy's not good or I can do that or he's not funny. And then mm. they're just like, oh, really? Well, then do it. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that's that's my own stupid fucking transit. Okay, no, so I Matt agree. Matt Brown, uh, Matt <laughs> do Brown. I come
0: to your job? And... Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so Matt Brown uh, is now fighting Eric Silva to headline UFC Fight Night in Cincinnati. Have you trained with Eric Silva in Brazil? No, I haven't. What about Matt Brown?
2: Neither. Who do you like in that fight? That's a good fight. That's a good matchup. Um, you know, a- Eric Silva is one of those guys from Brazil that they had a lot of good things to say about coming up and. Um, you know he's had a few tough losses, but he the kid's talented, absolutely. So the, the, you know this could be. It's going to kind of depend who shows up, but it, on good job on Joe Silva's part. It's a, it's a great. You
1: look fight. at his losses. I mean, his one loss was to John Fitch, which no one saw that one coming, and um, I mean, uh, John Fitch fans did, but but the, you know
2: Fitch, a lot John of people Fitched were him.
1: John Fitch. Yeah, I mean that was one of the most exciting fights he did, and I think that actually pissed off. a uh, you know, a lot of people when they cut Fitch because they were like, "Man, he just beat Eric Silva," mm-hmm. and on top of the fights he got, and you know the fight with GSP and all the fights he 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 won to get up there. But but and then you look at Eric Silva, but his loss to John Fitch, and then his loss to, to Kim, which was I, I'm not saying it's a fluke, but Kim even said, "I landed a lucky punch." I mean, that's what Kim said after the fight mm-hmm. himself.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: So you know, Silva looked great in his last fight, but they they gave him this guy Sato who uh, it seemed like they were just kind of feeding... And people say Sato, you know, they'll, they'll, like, swear by him and say he's a good fighter and stuff, but but it, it looked like they were feeding Sato to, to the wolves, uh, fighting
2: Eric Silva in... Like he's a good... on the Xbox 360? Yeah. Good fight. okay.
1: No, well, I mean, th- some people say he's a great fighter, I've not, but other people say, well, his record was... It was, like, it wasn't that great of a record, and, and they kind of... it was a huge mismatch on paper. So we'll see. I mean, sometimes people look great against you know it's like anything else i mean they were when i when i wrestled in high school there were kids on my team that looked like world beaters but then when you put them up against a guy that was to their level that's when you know if someone's really good so ufc fight night 37 is this week from england alexander Gustafson against uh, jimmy manoa should be a good fight i mean Gustafson's coming off that that fight against john jones where mm-hmm. uh that was that he was an eight to one underdog, I think, and he, yeah. you could argue he won that fight.
2: Yeah, a lot of people did think he won that fight.
1: Jimmy Manoa, he's a he's a badass dude. He's funny. He was, he's on the forums sometimes, and I remember <laughs> recently Dan the Wolfman, who who I, I like Dan the Wolfman, he came on the show, but he he wrote this like this like two page thing about like what I think it was on how. Uh, Chris Weidman broke Anderson Silva's like on like the perfect check kick and what uh, gave this like 10 point thing about why he did it and you know how to do it and this and that and uh, Jimmy Manoa uh, copied it and then wrote under it, didn't read. <laughs> Which I was like, that, I was like <laughs> that's kind of funny. <laughs> I like, he didn't read it. Yeah, but he copied uh. the entire thing and put, didn't read. Like, he just, like, what? that's kind of funny. I, like, well, dude, that's hilarious. Um, Jimmy was last couple of fights they have ended in very bizarre fashion. Like, I mean, it's almost like the guy who's fighting is like, it's like cursed or has one of those. Needles in him. One of those. Uh, what are those needle dolls? The voodoo dolls. Because mm-hmm. it seems like guys' legs just start falling off during this guy. Right. I mean, look at his last Jimmy Manoa. Let's look up Jimmy Manoa's last he, couple fights. I mean, he beat Jimmo.
0: Jimmo, yeah, and Kingsbury.
1: Yeah, that Kingsbury fight was brutal. That both was tough uh, guys. Both tough guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, who do we like in this fight, Jake?
2: You know, I like Alexander Gustafson. Yeah, he's he's long he uh he just keeps getting better you know you can tell he's a guy who just works hard and he he wants to he wants to get that that fight with John Jones again and so i and you know and he's he's one of those guys he's he's hard to, i've seen him he's come to rain a few times really nice guy he just he's tall he's got that range he's kind of just a hard guy to fight
1: yeah mm. yeah yeah you're right now look at uh, his his last fight uh Manawa, uh well a second fight he beat uh Sorel Diabate, am I, am I butchering that? Surreal, nice. uh, no. Diabate was mine. Uh, was, was declared the winner after Diabate was unable to continue after tearing a calf muscle after the first round. Then he fight. Then he fought uh, Ryan Gimo. Second time, his opponent injured his leg during the fight. <laughs> and so he always, it always ends in some strange, bizarre fashion. Uh, but I agree with you, Jake. I think Gustafson's got this one, mm-hmm. um, unless he peaked against Jones. That you know. Sometimes you see these fighters, they, they, they have the fight of their life, and they c- c- kind of never recover, or they, they don't... Or it's just a good
0: matchup stylistically. Y-
1: yeah, exactly.
2: Right. That's the thing, you know, styles make fights. That's yeah. it's so true, though.
1: What I think the fight of the night is going to be, and the most exciting fight that I'm looking forward to on this card, is Michael Johnson, Melvin Gallard. This one's got explosiveness written all over it. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm hoping that Johnson wins... Uh, no. I like Michael Johnson, he's been on our show, he's he's a good dude, he, yeah. he's, he's a black zillion. I think these two have trained together before, and Gallard said he used to beat him up during training. Mm-hmm. Um, whew, this is a tough one to pick, because Melvin uh, is coming off of a fight against Ross Pearson, where he was winning. Pearson couldn't continue, over something, but Melvin was winning that fight. And uh, Melvin, you know, he beat Mac Danzig before was that.
2: It, was it like a disqualification or a nut shot or something like that?
1: I think it was. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, DJ, look it up. But I yeah. think it was. It was okay. some kind of weird not, It was something where he got disqualified. There was a, they couldn't continue. So the Melvin Gallard, Michael Johnson fight. I think this is the fight I'm looking forward to the most. Um, also, my buddy's fighting on the card, uh, uh, Louis Gardnott he uh, the green hair guy yeah. that, that from the ultimate fighter oh yeah yeah he's fighting on the card too so I'm, I'm excited to see him he's a good he's a good dude really good dude nice guy uh,
2: um yeah, he... this this fight the michael johnson melvin Gillard fight this is the fight to watch i, I agree with you it's going to be i think it's going to be fight of the night um but both these guys have gotten so much better you know i see you know melvin Gillard both both explosive both can strike and uh i see somebody getting knocked out in this fight
1: yes so who wins this fight jake
2: Oh, I'm going to go, oh, Adam, okay, Melvin, I think Melvin might catch him.
1: Ooh, I'm going with Michael Johnson. I'm going, I think Melvin, for some reason.
2: However, Michael Johnson has, he's won a lot of fights that people did not give him a chance in. he's on a tear. He's a gamer. So you got to respect that. He's a gamer. He can step up. But I'm not sure. Who do you got, Adam?
1: I like Michael Johnson. You know, I just feel like he's found his groove with, with the Black Zillions, mm-hmm. uh, the, his training partners with Eddie Alvarez, and uh, look at the other sure. guys in that camp, Abel, and um, just that, that whole camp, the, the Jay Z, Calviconti, yeah. and I just feel like the Black Zillions right now. I'm, I'm sure he's not. I don't know if he's training with Rashad. Or Rashad's hurt, but those guys are a little big for him. Mm-hmm. But there's something about that camp that's in a groove.
2: You know, they po- used to train together. Oh, uh... Uh, Gallard and... and Yeah, Gallard and... and Yeah, yeah,
1: supposedly. They they, they didn't know. I think they trained over when they were both at uh, Greg Jackson's. Hmm. I think that's when they trained together. Or, I know that Johnson left from Greg Jackson, because I think Gallard was saying that he used to beat up Diego Sanchez in training, and Michael Johnson, and then uh, Johnson came on the show and said, that never happened. Gallard's out of his mind. (laughs) So, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like that Melvin Gallard... I mean, look at his... His fights, okay, so he he, he he beat Russ. Well, the Russ Pierce was on no contest, but he was winning that fight. And then before that, Mac Danzig. Uh, he knocked out Danzig. But then he lost to Jamie Varner. He lost to Donald Cerrone. He beat Camos. He lost to Jim Miller. He lost to Joe Lozon. He beat Jane Roller, Evan Dunham, Jeremy Stevens, Waylon Lowe, and then he lost to Nate Diaz. I mean, it's just one of these guys that I feel like can't get momentum for some reason. Mm-hmm. It seems that... When it comes, I mean, look, he's beaten some big guys on mm-hmm. some big stages, but he's lost one four out of his last six fights. He's just inconsistent. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. four of his last seven. But he keeps moving camps,
0: right? I mean, his yeah, his yeah. training consistency is off. That's going to affect his consistency in the octagon. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. We'll, we'll see how. Uh,
2: where's he training right now? I don't know where he's training. I have no idea. I'm like, wait, he's not at Jackson. He's not at Black Zane's.
1: I, Is I, I don't he training know, with
2: Cody McKenzie? <laughs> he's training with—he's <laughs> he,
1: training—he's on a fishing boat right now with Cody McKenzie. So I don't know where can he's Can change training. my answer? Yes, yes. You, can change, you think okay. Michael Johnson's going to win?
2: Well, I'm leaning more and more towards Michael now. Based on the guys I said he's beaten and lost to? Recently? No, but based on where's he training, and I know who Michael Johnson trains with.
1: But so. whoever he trained with last fight, he looked great against Russ Pearson, so— uh, I think I don't know. I don't know where he's training. I have no idea where. DJ, can you look it up? Can you find? I mean,
0: the last the last thing I can find is in you know in what October he was at um, ATT. Hmm. Okay. But who knows? Yeah. Who Knows. I mean, that's a long time. He could have moved a few times from there.
1: It'll be a great fight. I'm looking forward to the fight. Hmm. That's uh oh, it's it's at three o'clock. It starts on Sunday on Fight Pass.
0: Yeah, it's um, noon.
1: A lot of people, a lot of people are, are very upset about Fight Pass. They're, they're complaining about it doesn't have every fight in the library in the history of the UFC, or it doesn't have this, it doesn't have that. Uh, I mean, you know, it is what it is, I, and I, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I, I enjoy watching fights, and the UFC provides a lot of fights. I mean, mm-hmm. tons of fights. More fights. I mean, even last week, not just including the UFC, do you know how many fights, like literally – Thursday night, there were fights. Uh, no, Friday night, there were fights. There was uh, the, the Titan and the Bellator. Mm-hmm. And then Saturday morning, there was the UFC. And Saturday night, uh, there
0: was HBO, uh, boxing. Mm-hmm. Uh, d- they were replaying the um, World Series of Fighting. There was so World much. World Series fighting of Fighting on, on Friday night. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And then they were replaying it again. I mean,. <laughs> You could have no <laughs> – pretty soon it's just going to be 24-hour fighting. It's just going to be 24-hour – like, they're going to just have fights everywhere. Two guys in the bathroom fighting. I mean, I mean there's fights. <laughs> there's so many fights right now uh, that people – and I understand $10 a month is a lot of money for some people. Uh, mm-hmm. Not money for anybody. I mean it's 120 bucks a year. Uh, it adds up. Yeah. It adds up. You know, as long as
0: the quality of fights are, are consistent, I mean I think they'll, they'll get their viewership.
1: I think they will. Yeah, you know, I mean, they definitely did the whole coke dealer method of like, "Hey, I'm 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 going to give you some free coke for a while, and then I am going to start charging you once you're hooked." I mean, that you know, yeah. they they, but that's that was a good method. I think I think people are upset because WWE, like did their fight pass, uh, it's ten bucks, but you get all the pay per views or something. And I understand that, but I don't watch. I don't. Like, I can't even watch pro wrestling anymore. I, yeah. I I used to love pro wrestling when I was a kid mm. when it was Jake the Snake and. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat and all these, you know, Macho Man man. and Hulk Hogan. But, well, I don't know. I I haven't really watched wrestling since I was 12 or 13. And it's hard to watch now knowing these guys would get the crappy out of them in MMA. It's sort of.
0: Well, I think people were expecting CM Punk, you know, to, to come over. And he was supposed to, I guess, Raw was in Chicago. Yeah. Last night, and they were like, "Okay, we're gonna find out if this mm. this whole CM Punk thing's real." He didn't make an appearance, so now people are bubbling up again. I was watching Twitter; people say, "See, he didn't show up on Raw, so he must be serious about MMA." Yeah. I'm like, "Come <laughs> Look, on!" Look, CM guys. Punk like, has
1: probably made more than a million dollars.
0: He's not gonna He's come made to a MMA ton of money and get his butt kicked. I, mean, I know. It's not I gonna happen.
2: you know, uh, it's not a good idea. I don't think he should. I don't know why he would want to. You know, compete Jiu Jitsu. Great if you if he comes to MMA. He's going to get beat up. Yeah. I'm a big CM Punk fan, but...
1: Look at look at what happened with uh, Batista. I mean, mm-hmm. Batista, you know, you can't get a more jacked human being than Batista. <laughs> I, I've never seen anything like that before. Mm. And he fought a guy that looked like they found him in, uh, I don't know where, and that guy almost won against Batista. Was he a, like that, a
2: cook from Denny's? Or? Yeah, he
1: looked like the cook from Denny's. Bum, okay. Bum fights. Yeah, I yeah, mean, and was, that, yeah. that guy did pretty well against Batista. It's just, it's a different, there was a guy named uh, Sean O'Hare. There used to be two guys, Sean Stasiak and O'Hare. And I think he went over to pro... He went over to try it. He got killed. It's just, it's not something you could. Just it's, pick real. Up. it's real. It's real. <laughs> there's really so many ways it. to lose a fight. Uh, Some people don't understand. There's so many ways to lose. Even know, with, like even with boxing, I feel like MMA is a lot. Of, it's harder to succeed than it is boxing, and not knocking boxing, but
2: there's know, way more variables.
1: Way more variables.
2: Absolutely. absolutely, winning and losing. There's, there's way more ways to lose. And
1: did you watch MMA? the, the uh, Chavez fight? By the way, no, I didn't. It was a good fight. I didn't. Oh, uh, Brian Vera against Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. I
2: heard it was a good fight though.
1: Yeah, it was, it, it was a good fight. Chavez Jr. and Another guy who, if he would just take this seriously, oh, I know he showed up forty five minutes before the boxing match. They didn't know where he was. He just shows up forty five like, like what do, you, what did you forget that you had a boxing match tonight?
2: Uh, did you ever watch like when you watch him training with Freddie Roach and Freddie's like, <laughs> where's he at? You know what I mean, like. And I, I get it, you know, he's got, you know, Chavez Sr., he's got it, some big f- shoes to fill, but it's like, you know. Oh, he's like stoned and eating Cheerios. Yeah, like, you're, you're having Cheetos on the couch, like, <laughs> like, you're, you could be way, you know, I, mean, I just feel like he, he has so much potential. And How many guys at the gym do you see like that, where you're like, man, if this guy took it seriously, he could be really good? All the time. It's so common. I mean, every gym I go to, there's always a couple
0: that you're like, man, this guy could be really good. But it's that mental fortitude, right? that yeah, separates yeah, the the champions from everybody else. Yeah, or even the, the lower rung,
2: mm. right? Yeah, a lot of it really is just you, just the work ethic, too. Like, you know, so many guys, they, they'll they come to rain and they just want to spar. They don't want to wrestle. They don't want to drill. And it's just like, well, you know, I, I get it, but, you know, it. some people are just not willing to do whatever. You're whatever talking about, uh,
1: during the break, talking about Pat, uh, someone called him Pat Frapp, which I think is the best... <laughs> I think it's the best thing you know, I've heard. Pat Trapp, uh, Pat Cummings, uh, uh, and, and you were saying how even at the gym he is a monster.
2: He's mm-hmm. right. Yeah, no, he is. He's one of those guys. It's like it's it's hard. It's hard to like you know like you were talking about Mike Pyle. It's just, it's hard to like see how good somebody's going to do in, in under the lights. You know what I'm saying? But you see in the room, you're like, man, this guy's unbelievable. But it's just—it's a different world, you know what I mean? Otherwise, you got to be able to perform.
1: No, I mean I have that problem with auditions sometimes, where I'll I'll get a scene. They're so going say something my, about
2: uh, bed I or something.
1: No, no, I'll do that with like I'll, I'll walk around with my acting coach for like three hours and mm-hmm. I'll dance I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm freaking Stanislavski here. I'm, I'm killing it. <laughs> and, and then I get to the audition and then my heart starts pounding. And then I start thinking about stuff and what well, if I don't get it and how much money do I get for this and uh, blah, blah and then before I know it I'm completely out of it. And it's never, or it's not how it was, you know. Comedy wise I mean, there are times that, you know, I'll do a show in the middle of nowhere, and I'm. You'd think, I, you know, oh my god, the, Adam is just destroying this room. But yeah. then, I go to a conference sometimes, and then there's like a hundred. If I have a good set, I get a hundred grand, and if I don't, I get, I lose money. And you start having those those thoughts, and I'm not thinking about what I should be thinking about, which mm. is the joke or what I'm talking about. And I'm sure with fighting, it's probably. I mean, I can't imagine you go out there. You know, if you get your ass kicked, everyone's going to see it. You've been talking tons of smack. Uh, <laughs> y- y- you have a, an ACL injury, or this injury, or that injury, which which your opponent doesn't know about. But maybe he knows about. I mean, it's got to be so much pressure that goes into it, right?
2: Yeah, no, there 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 really is. It's just there's so many distractions. You know, what I mean, that's the biggest thing. There's so many distractions, whether it's you know money or relationships or people talking, you got all these. You know, you got the crowd. You have a lot of things to worry about, but all you got to focus on is like, you know, what I'm going to do. But it comes, you know, it comes down to you got to put yourself there. You got to put your mind there. You got to train and, and really expose yourself in training. You know what I mean? And in spar and make it real. You know, you got to make training real because you're gonna you're only gonna fight how you train.
1: So everybody, thank you for listening today to today's MMA Roasted podcast. Uh, please follow me on Twitter at MMA Roasted. Or at AdamComedian. You can see my whole schedule at AdamHunter.com. This Friday, I will be at the John Lovitz Comedy Club. Friday night. Uh, next week, I'm in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Uh, thank you, Fox Sports. Jake, how do people find out about you?
2: Follow me on Twitter at EllenbergerMMA. And uh, a big thanks to Fox Sports for, for having us. And uh, Todd Rex, uh, T-O-D-D-R-E-X-X on Twitter
3: and on Facebook and ToddRex.com is my website. I'll be at the Improv in uh, Hollywood this Saturday or this Friday night at 10 o'clock so come check it out. Thank you.
1: Leah